All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of RC After Hours back in the $60 studio. And uh, as uh, everybody says on camera, it looks huge, but we are in a little tiny room packed in here like sardines. But we're here to have some fun, talk about some RC, and uh, you never know what we're going to get into or what off track we're going to jump into, but we're going to have some fun today. And we have a special guest, someone who's new to the studio today. But first, let's get into it. Joining us is uh, some of the usual suspects, Pat. (laughs) Morning. And Scott. Hello. And our special guest today, Chloe. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in. Uh, If you notice here, up on the big screen, there's no Andre today. He ditched us. He has a good excuse, yeah. though. A very good excuse. Yeah. Andre is at the Drone Nationals today, and we're probably going to try to give him a call or see if he's uh, around. I guess it's kind of rainy and dreary up there, but we're going to give him a call anyway later on, see if we can get a hold of him and see what's going on at the uh, Drone Nationals. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We are up live on uh, Facebook. Join in. We're going to do a Horizon Hobby E-Flight PT-17 review later on here in the show. Uh, lots of stories for you for this episode. I don't know what's <laughs> been going on with me. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into it and uh, let's see, get this thing rolling. <clears throat> First of all, Chloe, I'd like to talk to you a little bit. Um, <clears throat> as long as I've been around for a while, it's very unusual to see a woman in the RC community and not so much like, you know, I've seen a few and they usually, I see them flying like, it's like quads or FPV, but you like big planes, like the big stuff. And <laughs> I, I knew you were very passionate after I might've been the second time I met you and we, we were chatting and talking and I started pulling planes out and your eyes lit up like a five-year-old on, on Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew right away you were like, oh my gosh, this is this is fantastic. Now I'd, I'd like a little backstory because if I'm correct, you were kind of in it years ago and got out of it for quite a while, and then got back into it and realizing that a lot of stuff now is electric and foam and more friendly to fly and easier to fly. So how how did you get back into the hobby? Well, I got back into the hobby. <clears throat> my dad uh, and I used to fly RC planes when we were. When I was younger, mm-hmm. and we were part of the Goodyear Model Aircraft Club, okay. which is now the Corsair mm-hmm. Model Aircraft Club. That was back in the early 80s. And um, life happens. I grew up and had <laughs> a family and children and so forth. And um, my dad's getting older, and he's been you know, retired now for about a year, and he decided that, you know, I'm going to get back into this and, uh, you know, want to join me on this. And... Um, you know, he got a plane for the kids. He sat there in the garage for the whole summer building two different balsa planes that were gassers, you know, oh, wow. for my kids. Wow. And I'm thinking, wow. you know, how how do you start somebody off with something like this? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, so we decided to go get some foam planes, just, you know, electric ones. We figured, eh, you know, they bury them into the ground. No big deal. You know, it's not a month of work, right. you know. So we bought the little Horizon Champ was the first one Mm -hmm. and it flew like it was like amazing i'm like this is (laughs) like a champ (laughs) they had had this when i was a kid i would have flunked out of school (laughs) i would have been out the airfield every day right 
the technology was amazing. After we flew it one day, I immediately went back to the hobby store and I bought the Apprentice. Um, the, I think it's a 15S or something. Mm-hmm. And it again, you know, instant results. It was amazing. You know, we have very little, you know, I had enough knowledge of flight before to get that one put together, you know, within a half hour and mm-hmm. then out in the field, we are instantly off the ground, you know, flying around. This is beautiful. And um, my dad, you know, he was always a builder. He's mm-hmm. built very, very big planes, very beautiful planes, put them in shows and so forth, but he was never really the flyer of them. And um, I think his confidence level was always like, well, I would wreck it or something. Mm. But once we, I put these in his hands, you know, and he started flying these, you know, his his world changed. And my dad's been dealing with health issues for the last about 10 years and so forth. So, was, like I said, his confidence level in the, in, the, in the sport and everything had dwindled. And this has just rejuvenated and jump-started way beyond anything we could ever hope for. And I've been just loving spending the time with my dad and, you know... <laughs> We've we've still you know we've had our crashes and so forth, oh, yeah. but the planes are so easy. You can fix them on the back of your mm-hmm. truck with mm-hmm. some glue, and you're back up in minutes. You know, it's it's amazing. What do you think surprised you the most getting back into it? Was it the electric, the lipos, the the foam? What what like uh, like wow, this is crazy. This is it's like a whole nother world. <laughs> uh, first of all, the battery power and uh, the, I think the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe somebody just new getting into it altogether might think, oh, this is kind of an expensive hobby. But if you put a plane together with and you spend two three months in the winter putting it together, right? You know, thousand fifteen hundred dollars later, and then you have one shot to get it right flying yeah. it the first time. Yeah. this is a not a gamble at all. You know, mm-hmm. you go buy a couple hundred dollar plane that already has a receiver and a transmitter in it, and you know the champion. I think even comes with a battery. You know, yeah, uh, and and so does the apprentice. Uh, so it's amazing to me that you can get in so cheap. And within just an hour, be on the field, have instant results, and just those successes, those early successes, will fuel you and just go. Okay, I want, I want a bigger <laughs> one now. And that's exactly what I did. I like after about a week of flying the Apprentice, I went and bought the Carbon Z Cub, the the, the Cessna, yeah, and the 150, right. And I was like, is this the biggest you have? Like, this is like, okay, I guess. Because I got a, my parents and or there, we've got big plates. I was going to say, because back <laughs> even in the day or the 80s, that's what everything was, was giant planes, gassers. Yeah. So you're you're used to that. Yeah, so. I'm looking at this going, you know, this is like a park flyer, yeah. I guess, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, so I jumped right into that, took it off, you know, it, it took like an hour to put together. Mm-hmm. And I'm flying this around, and then, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a bigger one. I'm like, what? This is one of the biggest? <laughs> I want bigger. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's crazy. Uh, as far as flying characteristics, though, have you, do you notice a big difference in, you know, because there's a lot, obviously a lot more technology oh, and yeah. R&D going into these foam planes oh, yeah. and stuff? There's a big difference between the gas and, and these. The gas ones... Um, they don't like it when the engine quit. You know, they just fall out of the sky. Uh-huh. There's no real recovery. Uh-huh. Electric, you have a, a lot more like a security net, so to speak. When you you can throttle down, throttle up, you go inverted or anything. You don't have to worry about having the most perfect tune on your you know mm-hmm. your fuel and mixture rates and so forth. Um, anything can you know. There's so much more involved with the gas that they can fail and and, and also the 
when you're trying to take transport your plane, you know, it, it's not greasy. You have to clean it yeah. down. And eventually gas planes start to get really heavy because they start, the balsa starts to soak in with all oh. the fuel. The nitro gets mm-hmm. in there. And mm-hmm. It's just, this is so clean. It's just in, in and out. Yeah. You're done. It's yeah. beautiful. And I, I'm imagine too the the scale details on the foam is is 10 times better than anything oh yeah you know i bought a, a little foam plane about 10 years ago it was a little piper cub mm-hmm. from uh, aerotech mm-hmm. and um it like you said, we were talking about before it's like a beer can oh the e- epp foam. foam yeah 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 and you know the foam they have now on these planes is really nice mm-hmm. really detailed and you know like this biplane is probably one of their newer ones mm-hmm. and the detail on it's amazing right right um now the other thing i wanted to get your thoughts on uh it's been around for a few years now is the and it's it's kind of a debate some people it's a love or hate it type of thing but with horizon now uh where most of their bind and fly planes are coming with the as3x or even a lot of them have the safe select or even the the regular safe plus you know with the the, we call it the old crap button yeah now when you've discovered this and found this out what were your thoughts on it i mean what did you think about it it opened up a whole new world for my dad and i Mm -hmm. you know even though we had done this you know 25 30 years ago in the 80s um the, the skill had been just it's gone so we had to start at the very beginning again. Mm-hmm. And I think with the safe mode, it allows people like myself to, not only me, my kids, you know, my dad, to get started and have some confidence builder right away. And yeah. then it gives you that option to turn that switch off and then fly the plane in, in what they call advanced mode or intermediate mm-hmm. mode. Um, and you can start to practice because it's not really it's it's kind of hard to find other people to do to do a buddy box with you know when you're just getting in there you don't you know know anybody and this allows you just to take the plane off um basically you know anytime you're comfortable you just flip that switch and try a little bit of aerobatics Mm -hmm. or try landing the plane without the help and that's what i did and it didn't take long about a couple weeks after flying with my Cessna, I can now take the plane off. Uh, I don't need the, the safe mode. I've used it in a couple yeah. occasions. I've hit that button, <laughs> right. trust me. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, I just, I had an accident yesterday with my Stinson that doesn't have that. And I had got about 12 flights out of it before I had an oops, you know. And mm-hmm. it's part of the part of the learning curve mm-hmm. it's part of the fun i i wouldn't be in i don't know if i would be into this as much as i am now without that early help and when i look go on horizon site that's all i look for is i'm like does it have safe does it have safe select and for the guys that don't like it i mean i can i i get that too you know they've they've gone well beyond and this is something that doesn't interest them mm-hmm. and why pay for the technology and what they're what they're purchasing but if it's just it basically it's a software package that's loaded in the ar636 mm-hmm. i think a or something mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt anything being there because it, in the binding process you basically disable it or enable it and, and you can toggle it with a switch if you enable it um and i think horizon if you're listening you should put it in every <laughs> single plane you build because mm-hmm. i will buy every single yeah. plane you put in <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely helped the hobby a lot and brought it, you know, 
there's been several people that I've taught to fly or whatever. Um, I did a lot of training on the, the, the Delta Ray that they have. And it's one of my favorite trainers to train people on. And the crazy thing is they're like, man, I always wanted to try RC, but I was afraid of crashing and blah, blah, blah. And within five minutes of me literally going, okay, just do this, you know, move the sticks here. There was no buddy box, no nothing. I handed them the controller and they were like, what are you doing? No, I'm not, you know, I go, it's fine. It's just good, you know, because like, uh, like you were talking about the Delta Ray, you know, you can hold the panic button down, hit full throttle, and it just takes off on its own. Yep. Same thing with yep. landing. You just kill the throttle, hold the button, and land. And I was showing these people, and, you know, I'm banging the sticks up. And I said, it won't won't stall. It won't flip. And they were just like, you're kidding me. Right. And literally hand them the controller. And I'm, you know, I talk them through a little bit, you know, doing some circles one way and then the other. And they were blown away. They were like, I can't believe I'm, I'm flying. I would have never, if you wouldn't have showed me this, or I wouldn't have known. Exactly. There's no way I would have even attempted it. So I definitely think it's... It's helping and bringing, you know, people in the hobby, for sure. Well, we had a couple people approach us at the Jackson Field, Mm -hmm. moms that had their kids with them, and another older gentleman that said that they had basically the same thing. They were always interested, and they said, you guys look so good up there, (laughs) professional. I'm like, this is like the third day I've flown this ever, (laughs) you know, and we gave them the information to go down to the hobby store and pick up the same thing, and they're going to get them for their kids for Christmas. Oh, wow, cool. You know, it's just, you're introducing it by setting an example too mm-hmm. so i love that i want to see tons of kids and right. new flyers out there right um the other thing it really uh i think sparked my interest a little bit is um we were doing the ultra micro uh timber review and you know you were talking about the champ and everything but here probably i don't know what do you guys think probably in the last year the ultra micro stuff's really oh. really started to come around when they first come out they they flew pretty bad i mean they were the champ was probably <laughs> the best ultra micro at the time you know yeah. they we've had numerous conversations yeah, yes. about the carbon oh. the ultra micro carbon oh man yeah that that thing they looked phenomenal <laughs> yeah. they, you were like oh my gosh i can't believe i have this tiny plane but they flew like crap i mean literally you were just please looks, stay in the air amazing though. yeah and you know over the last couple of years they've really fine-tune them change the sizes you know i'm not an engineer by any means but they finally got them down to where they are really really fun to fly and easy to fly and you found that out right away when we put you on the sticks of the right. ultra micro timber i was like what like this little thing yeah, yeah that's not gonna be fun that thing's it's, insane now it's my favorite plane exactly so <laughs> it, it really opened up your eyes i think to the ultra oh, yeah. micro series or the small stuff you know if you got a bigger yard and you don't want to pack your you know we just had that conversation I'd love to get out and fly, but the, the worst part is packing up the stupid car. You go out and have a great time, and then you get home, and you're like, I don't want to unload all this stuff. <laughs> know. Yeah. You know, it's just like, ah, oh. where if you got the room or whatever, you know, you could just walk out your front door, fly, do a little bit of flying, you know, and you're done. It's it's fantastic. That timber, we, we fly it all the time over top of our neighbors. They love watching it mm, yeah. with the lights on it. It is probably the best little plane that you could start with it's just awesome wow so hey let's uh let's talk a little bit of we had some crashing and stuff going on yesterday oh yes now <laughs> your poor dad i i oh. felt so bad for him he you could see he loves to fly and and you were telling me he's had a few mishaps 
already and he was flying the apprentice yesterday and and we were kind of busy doing things so i didn't see what happened all as i i know is it it was stuck in the top of a tree so do you know what what happened or did it get out of sight or well there's a couple theories his theory is that uh you know um it lost signal and we were you know about 150 200 yards away Mm -hmm. and he thinks it lost signal but when it was up in the air even in the trees, it had lost its spinner and the collar, the little collet that yeah. holds it on mm-hmm. and the clamp, that whole thing was gone. Oh. And the plane was, you know, inverted with the spinner up. Uh-huh. So there was no spinner, no prop, no little aluminum collet. So I'm like, Dad, did, did it lose the propeller? Because he had been having problems with that. Oh. I'm like, did, did it lose the propeller? And you just, you know, he's like, yeah. no, I think it lost. Because I could run the engine up there. I'm like, well, did, there was no propeller on it. Yeah. So, so it was sketchy. We got it down this morning at six thirty in the morning in the dark. We oh were my out God. there on like a midnight run, you know, we were like yeah. ski masks and everything. Well the, the crazy thing was that's I think almost or, or real close to the same tree that poor Mike Collins. <laughs> oh really? It was in that yeah, area. Oh, yeah, wow. put the night vision air in that ever you know, we've talked about a hundred times. A magnet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't that end of the field is cursed yeah I had bad luck there yesterday too wow so how did you get it out well <clears throat> we tried a few things we tried a rope first you know and just you know yanking shake it with my tree. dad's yeah. gm sierra you know we were trying to shake the tree oh my gosh but there was like a nest of other branches mm-hmm. underneath it wasn't coming so we then tried to <laughs> get some conduit you know galvanized conduit and we pieced it all together tried to get that up there it wasn't happening it was too way too far up wow so then we just got the Husqvarna out <laughs> the chainsaw and we cut that tree down. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, six thirty in the morning. Wah, 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 in the back, of the, back there. So we cut up the whole tree and put all the logs back there for anybody who wants to have a campfire. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. But, it, but the plane, uh, it's not going to be no flying ever oh, again. Oh really? It came down and it Pretty was like hard. a. Yeah, it was like a pillow fight. Just went poof. Oh, geez, oh man! But he he was he felt satisfaction that he got his <laughs> his radio back. He felt like he he got back. yeah. He said he couldn't sleep all night last night. He was like only slept an hour. So he got up and he he was trying to put his Corsair back together. Oh man! That he was uh, that that also crashed yesterday. Somebody crashed. Oh, you crashed the Corsair yesterday? Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. It didn't. Um, it didn't go well when we no. took it off, and I think there was pil- a little bit of pilot air, um, and there was a little bit of setup air uh, in the takeoff and and in the radio. I think it um, it was out of balance as mm. well, so it mm-hmm. just flipped over on side on takeoff. The air caught it. We had what about five seven mile an hour wind. Yeah, yesterday. it was gusty though at times. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it really gusted up. Right. It took off really well, and then about. 25 feet off the air it it just flipped over and i tried giving it the other you know direction and nothing was happening and it just went right into the ground and boom it just came apart man it was a park zone course here Mm -hmm. yeah so he's back there trying to glue that all back together and he was too he he was all right with it because he didn't feel like he could take it off or didn't want to so he's like here you go ahead and try i'm like I don't know what's going to happen here because, you know, I have a T28 at home, the Carbon Z T28, mm-hmm. and I took that off. And I, I landed it, you know, I did it twice, but I wasn't comfortable with that plane. It's too much plane for me right now. Mm-hmm. And so when I was taking this one off, I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I, you know, I'll do the best I can. 
time, you know, but it wasn't set up right. Wow. Yeah. So it, it went down. And then, uh, well, then I decided, well, I'm going to go get my Stinson out. You know, I'm going to fly that because I've been having good luck with this <laughs> uh-huh. and everything else. And we were, we were forced, we were relegated over to that yeah. ball field where we couldn't fly. They were mm-hmm. having soccer games. So there, the wind was coming out of the south and going north. And so it was very hard to, to land mm-hmm. coming in over the building. Yep. So I was I was coming in and I I didn't I didn't think I had enough so I did the wrong thing I I turned to see if oh, I could no. come oh, make another approach wow. the wind flipped the plane right over and went right down on the ground I'm like really oh, oh. but I, I it's repairable I've already ordered the parts to repair the cowling smashed mm-hmm. and the 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 wing is cracked on it I can glue that back here and it's fine Wow we've been down a lot of crashing <laughs> yeah. lately I don't know yeah. what's going on is true so uh well a little bit of what was going on with me i don't know what it is with the um the bush mule i think it's cursed like it's a great plan i love it but anytime i've been trying to get footage or do something with this thing something happens and um you know we were trying to get some footage of it um uh, a couple weeks ago with phantom four and we couldn't you know every time we got within 10 feet of it the video signal was cutting out and we were having issues and cameras weren't working and i'm like well yesterday morning was absolutely beautiful i mean sun was out not a cloud in the sky and uh so i got my son i mean we were up we we were up at like six i'm like i gotta go out i want to get some more shots of this thing and took the the dj osmo out and took the um uh the pocket rockets back out i'm like this is gonna be good so we get going and um First thing, the Osmo, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a firmware thing. It just decided to crash. We couldn't get it to work. You turn it on, it shut down. You turn it back on, it shut down. Act like the battery was dead. Like, I know I just charged it. Hmm. And when I get home, I plug it in. It's 95% battery. I'm like, what What happened? So that thing shut down. First off, right off the bat, I'm like, whatever. We'll just go get some shots. So I decided to put the, the run cam on it. And I knew this was going to be kind of a bad idea. So I put the run cam on the very end of the tail because I wanted to to watch the hatch open up. And whatever we had in there, you know, you could see it coming out. And obviously, it's going to be tail heavy. Plus, I loaded it up um, with some parachute guys and then I had the pocket rocket. So I knew off the bat, I put the battery all the way forward as far as I could go. And when I set the plane down, even with the battery all the way, it just boop, and it sat on its tail. And I'm like, oh, man, this is this is not going to be good. I don't know if I should ask ah, it. We're going anyway. <laughs> so takes off, and right away I knew, man, this plane was just waddling around. I'm like, I guess got to get these shots and get going. So I, I had my my 13-year-old son. I go, all right, I'm going to make a couple passes. And when I come around, I go, I'm going to open the hatch. I had the parachute guy in there. I said, I just want you to film it as it's coming down. No big, should be very simple, right? And again, this is, at this time, it's probably 7.30 in the morning. I mean, there's no, no, there was nothing. Like, you throw grass up, nothing. It was dead calm. So I come around, open the hatch up. The guy comes out, and I hear him, you know, I'm flying the plane. I hear him going, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he got real quiet, and I'm going, what's going on? You know, I'm trying to dump the flaps, get the plane down. He goes, Dad, it's going over towards the school. And I'm like, okay, just keep the camera on. And he goes, no, no, Dad, 
it's it's going over towards the roof. I'm like, there's no way. We launch that thing out in the middle of the field. I'm like, there's no way it's going on the roof. He's like, Dad, I'm telling you, it's it's going to the roof. So I'm trying to get this plane down as fast as I can so I can see what's going on. I get it down, land, drop the transmitter, and I go, where is it? He goes, it's on the roof. I go, there's no way. Because I'm telling you, Dad, it's on the roof. So I was a little irritated, and I go, you stay here. I'm going to go look around. So I went in there, walked all around the, the school, went into the fence, walked all around. Nothing. He goes, Dad, I'm telling you, it's on the roof. I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> but it did. Somehow it went on the roof. So I'm like, whatever. Let's let's just try to get some more shots of some stuff. So, it, it you know, there was a really heavy dew, and I – and after a couple takeoffs, like every time I was trying to clean the camera off and everything, and I, and we did some more stuff, and I come home, and I go, well, at least I got some footage. So I get home, took the card out, threw it in the computer, throw the video up, and it was like two seconds. It went, Frunk, and I was like, what? Pulled the other couple videos up, Frunk, two seconds. I was like, what? What is going on? I'm playing. I mean, for like 45 minutes, I'm trying to slow the video, trying to figure. So... Pulled it back up on my phone, you know, because uh, it's got the Wi-Fi on there, and looked, and somehow, and I don't know how, because I didn't change anything or do anything, it was set in time lapse. Wow. So oh. my two minutes of wow. at a time video were like two seconds. Oh jeez. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I can pull some stills off of it. So I go <laughs> and I click on. I'm trying to pull stills, and you know, on time lapse, it just. It's not a continuous video. So I'm trying to find, you know, pull some stills. And every time I stop, there was a big water droplet right in the middle oh of the lens. Oh, no. So every On good shot. All that. Yes. Oh, so gosh. After all that <laughs> yesterday morning, I'm like, I'm done. I'm This this plane is cursed. That's it. No more. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm, I was just, I had it. <laughs> it just wants to be flown, not and I just, I think you know, it needs a new home, is what it. Uh, <laughs> it was. It's just been crazy with that plane, um, you know, with all the the problems I had at the beginning and the other problems we had trying to film it. And uh, but it does fly good. I, you know, it's amazing it. up in the air. Yeah. Oh man, that lots thing of power. Has power. Yeah, and the and it can slow down. Like it's really neat. Yeah, it's I was a neat trying plane. to chase you yesterday, and you, you were going vertical. Oh yes. Yeah. I, Unlimited vertical. No way yeah. I could. I was like, I got to climb to get to him. <laughs> yeah, it's a good plane. A um, couple things, you know, after now we got some time on. I want, you know, if anybody's looking to get a Bush Mule or, ha- or just got one, a couple things I wanted to point out. One, something about the plane and landings. I haven't quite got them. Like one time it'll be perfect, and the next time I bounce the daylights out of it, and I just haven't quite figured that thing out yet. But we're working on it. Um, one, the nose gear on there is pretty weak. Uh, we've bent the linkage on it a couple times, and also on the inside, the, the linkage rod going to the, the servo rod. I've bent that twice already, and it and again, it's bent. Doesn't really seem to affect it because it's got you know the um, differential thrust, so it, it just powers through anything you want. That's one problem. The other problem um, I've been having was. Um, after a few hard landings, the the wheels have separated from the hubs. And yesterday, I come in and I seen the wheels just wobbling and wobbling. I thought I thought maybe they were just loose. No, they they've actually separated from the hub. Oh, wow! So not a big deal. Just throw a little glue in there, and you should be okay. Um, 
Still having issues with servos on that plane. I, you know, I've already changed out the elevator servo, and now the car uh, cargo hatch servo is going out. It, it actually was kind of bad when we first got it. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, screw it. We're just going to run it. And I think after we've really stuffed a lot of stuff in that airplane, and I think just us abusing it, it's finally – I didn't think it was going to work yesterday, but it did. Um, so luckily – Later in the evening, most everybody was gone. Pat, you were still there. We stuck the camera back on, went back up. Everything worked out. The parachute guys worked. They didn't land on the roof. Mm -hmm. Uh, We put the pocket rockets in there. It was everything. It Fingers crossed. I haven't really looked at the video yet, but (laughs) it it finally, you know, everything worked. And the kids love that plane. Yes. Like, they were just. Your son, yeah. well, he's like, go again. He's just yeah. gathering oh, yeah. the pocket rock. Here, stuff him in there. Let's he, go yeah. again. He were smack his hands away. Yeah. He's like, put him in there. Put him in yeah. there. It's like, hold on, buddy. <laughs> they were having a blast with that. And what was really surprising is, Pat, I think your wife's a little like my wife. She could care less about RC planes. She's like, you just go out and have fun with your toys, honey. Your wife actually looked at me and goes, that plane is cool. And, you yeah, know, yeah. after we dropped the pocket rock, she was like, that is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah there you yeah. go, Pat. You I better know. hurry up before you change your mind. You hit that order button. Yeah, I could talk her into that one pretty easily. Yeah. So, uh, it'd be cool to have a fleet of those up in the air, you know, cool. and just yeah. dropping like, like, oh, your yeah. Storm in the beaches, man. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Got to roll a little a tiny thing. jeep out with a parachute. <laughs> we could do that. That would be so yeah, chill. We could do that. the The funny thing is, I was looking online. I you know, I just typed in like uh, toy parachute stuff, and they actually make little tiny uh, army guys and different figures with the little cheap parachutes. So you could probably stuff, I don't know, oh, yeah. at least a dozen or more in there. Yeah. I bet, and then just open that thing up, and they could all just and like Pat, you had this awesome idea. Yep. If we could figure out some kind of string, like a regular parachute thing, where you open the hatch and they they, they come yeah. out, yeah, yeah, pulls them yeah. out. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Oh, that Put would some be candy so cool. in there. Candy, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be so much fun. So that'd be something uh, we could check into later. We try to do with that, but oh, just just a fun overall like do it all type of airplane it's you know flies off anything tons of power what were you saying about the tires again um about putting rubber tires on there well we have foam tires yeah it's got the the old style uh like uh epo foam tires uh like what's on the original tundra now what what they did, Hobby King did on the version 2 Tundra is they put more of a, a soft foam type tire on there. It was supposed to be way better because any of these regular, you know, like the, the, the airplane type foam is what I'm talking about. Uh, any hard ground or anything, they have a bad tendency to really bounce and they're almost impossible to land on pavement. So with the version 2 Tundra, they went with the soft type foam on the wheels, kind of like what the, the timber has. Mm-hmm. So we were very curious uh, when we talked to Neil um, and Stuart about it, like, why didn't you put the other wheels on it? He's like, well, they are a little heavier. It was a cost thing, too, because obviously, you know, you're, you're paying more money for that plane because of the twin engine and all the bells and whistles and everything. So they were really just trying to keep weight and cut cost. Yeah. And I, I get it, I understand it, but I think it'd be really interesting to, to try to maybe get uh, some of the, the softer foam tires and put on there just to, to see what it does. I like those ones that were on the timber. The timber yeah. has really those, nice yeah. wheels the, on it. Nice. Yeah, I want cool. the, if mm-hmm. I get the Bushmule, that's the kind of tires I want to put on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So 
that'd be another good test, I think, is get some different tires and and see. That's yeah. true. And and again, a like tire review. Yeah, tire <laughs> review. The the original Tim uh, Tundra, it's it's so light and everything. I've I mean, I've had some gnarly landings with that thing, and I've never had any issues with with the tires or wheels or anything like that. Yes, yeah, I'm here. Um, but with the Bush, now <laughs> I guess I should. I should say something though. I know I'm having a tire issue with it and they've separated from the hub, but the thing also did a hundred mile taxi for like half a mile along the ground. <laughs> That's true. That could have something to do with them tires coming apart. And I, and I just kind of realized that. So that could be the other problem with that thing. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. So, um, what do you say? Let's see. Was there anything else went on, uh, yesterday? I'm trying to, oh, we finally, Pat. How, how long? Yes. How long have you had that radian? That was from Christmas 2015. <laughs> I think it's yeah. when I got yep. it. That's right. So, Pat uh, was all excited and got this brand new radian for Christmas. Sat in the box for a while, and if anybody remembers, we brought it out the first time, and that was the time where I. It was a first for me to see a. Radian inverted five feet off the ground, <laughs> buzzing my head, thinking, wow, man, this guy's got some serious pilot skills, <laughs> only to realize that you had your ru- uh, rudder reversed. Yes. Yeah, my ailerons backwards, like I had done before. Yes. So. Even though we're like, now everything's good, right? <laughs> yep. I double-checked everything. Everything is perfectly good. Nope. Afraid not. I'm much better at checking my crap since then. Like, <laughs> since that point, every single time, every single flight, I'm like, okay, make sure, right, right, left, left, up, down, okay, okay, right. good, good. I actually look and make sure, and not just be like, it's moving, great. Right. So, so you, you, I think you had to order parts for it, didn't I you? I did. Yeah. yeah. Got it all back, and then I don't know really what happened. I kind of forgot about it. you. Never really flew it. I, well, we flew it again. Scott was with me. Okay. Yeah. And we flew it at the Bermuda Triangle location where we've had, we've had <laughs> right. some signal oh, loss lots of brownouts there and it was it was still flying a little fast i don't yeah. i don't think I it was fast it I was definitely, definitely didn't fast. have it trimmed up right or that you know elevator was not where it should have been and it was no. kind of cruising around doing yeah. some hot laps i guess i would say and then it got over by the school and the wind was kind of blown away from us and i turned and i couldn't recover and then oh it did a I dive cut, bomb on i that. cut throughout that the last me. minute but it just yeah. smacked right into it the, hit so hard there. right in the asphalt it cracked the prop uh, the spinner in the front, a uh, fuselage, a chunk came out of the one wing. So I just, I just got a new body for it. Wow! Now yeah. was that so new everything? Was that before or after we had a couple flights? The super windy day at Jackson. It was after that. After that, yeah. okay. Because yeah. even when uh, we flew it that day at Jackson, you're like, this thing's not flying right. It's yeah. there's something wrong yep. with this thing. It's not flying right, mm-hmm. and it was super windy, and we we're like, that's ah, just the wind. Yeah, yeah, because it was like a. You know, ten mile an hour plus wind. So yeah. it was a little bit calmer that day. So I'm like, well, I'll try and get it mm-hmm. set up, and didn't, and then it, yeah. And you're so obviously it was still having some kind of yes. issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. something, something screwy. So I rebuilt it, and then we tried, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, to pull it back out, and then you know, mm-hmm. checking my crap, and then the, figured out the rudder servo was stripped. So I'm like, oh man, that would have been perfect when I had to move everything over to actually, not, oh yeah, you know, because it was a brand new plane, so I could put the servos in just right, but. So I had to you know, order a new one because that's a short lead because that lead really, I mean, it's right mm-hmm. there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, the one that comes with, I bought the parks on short lead and that's maybe like six inches. The one yeah. that's on there is like three inches. Right. Wow. So I just kind of stuffed the extra and mm-hmm. there, there's a little gap there in between like the bottom and top of the fuselage. But then yesterday, thankfully put it together. 
you know, my son was very excited. He you wanted know, to fly the it. big one. Put that one together. <laughs> put that one together. So despite the fact I didn't have the screws in correctly, the wings didn't fall off at first. Yeah. But we got that fixed and you helped me because I, you know, first you were like, all right, should I throw it? I, I hand you the transmitter. <laughs> I said, nope, you're going to fly it because you know how it's supposed to fly. Yeah, so. and it, it took a little while to get yeah. it. I didn't. Yeah. At first I was like, because I have uh, two or three radians and one of them bone stock. I, I had to put weight on the tail to get it to balance out. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought we had the battery shoved all the way back and it was just wanted to nosedive at first. Couldn't We couldn't really yeah. figure it. It would, wouldn't trim out right. It felt right. really funny. But after a little while, we finally got it trimmed right and set up, and no problems. Yeah, then you guys measured the CG, and it was actually, yeah, it's actually you know, leading, no, yeah. nose heavy a little bit. Based yeah, on, it was based nose heavy. That's CG. right. Mm-hmm. It was based on that CG for the the manual. But once you got it dialed in, oh wow, that thing! Yeah, it's flying very, very nice, very good flight. Yeah, I'm excited now. I actually be able to fly it. So <laughs> you're the last one here. I, I'm, Scott. I'll get one. I'm gonna get one. All the peer pressure is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chloe, I've got I have the, the you've, little one. <laughs> you've just bought one, but still one in the box. After seeing your guys, uh-huh. but what you got to see it fly a little oh, bit. Yeah. What did yeah. you think? I'm like, I'm getting it out of the box. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely can't wait to get it up there. See mm-hmm. a, like a bunch of them up there oh, just yeah. soaring. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so much fun. And again, that's our favorite plane. It's relaxing. Our, yeah. That's what's. I mean, I have the micro, I have the UMX yeah. version, and I love that. I've flown that thing to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's only a matter of time. I, I definitely, it's it's on my wish list to get. Where do you guys fly those at the Jackson? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where because you get some thermals we going? we get a lot of thermals. Um, you know, if you get the wind off coming, the pavement. <laughs> yeah, off the pavement in the school, oh. coming off the roof. Yeah, so it's a pretty good. Pretty good place to See, fly there. I don't fly gliders, so uh, I don't. I'm not. No. Uh, oh. Now you say like streets and roofs. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty good place, and you get some pretty good boomers, and we get out. Like I said, we get out there. We'll bring our chairs, or if it's really not, we'll just lay on the ground. You just, it's just so relaxing. You bring your big drink or a cooler with you, and it, uh, you get that thing up. And like I said, it's not a problem to fly those things for a couple hours easily. What about it, like in the winter? You can fly them in the winter, and you know, if you get kind of a windy day too, you can even get it up, and they'll just kind of cruise around on the wind. But not too much in the winter, really. It's it's a spring, summer, you know, early fall type of, you know, and it all depends on what time of the year, what you know, it is. Sometimes, uh, if it's cooling off, uh, you know, like uh, later. Um, in the summer uh, where the evenings get cooler but the ground got really hot during the day you know that just depends on the time of year what you know what kind of thermals you're looking for or you know what type of clouds you got that day so um just depends but oh man so much fun i'm thinking a big fly-in for gliders yeah <laughs> i got a uh behind you there that's just the body though but that's a 114 inch balsa um mystique glider there well, that I pull out on special occasions, and that thing is a ton of fun. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and it's got a vario meter on it and altitude. What is that? Uh, what a vario does is it it registers if you are climbing or in sync. So on the DX9 with the telemetry, it's got a that has oh. a vario meter in it. And I also have one in my radian. It's kind of cheating when you're thermal flying, but it's <laughs> great even if you got a bunch of people because you cruise around, you hunt for thermals and. If it if it's dead calm and everything's good, it doesn't make any noise. If it finds lift, it starts beeping, 
And the the faster it climbs, oh, the so faster cool. it beeps. So it's like beep, 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 beep. And you're like, oh, there's a little bit of lift. Or if it's like beep, 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 the thing will just, you know, it's like an elevator. And you know you're in some serious lift. And then you'll start circling into the thermal. But also you got to be careful, too, because around thermals is sink. You get on the outside edges. Thermals kind of looks like a mushroom cloud, like off of a bomb, how oh, it goes up yes, and then it mushrooms around. So if you get on the outside of that thermal, you get big time sink and it just shoves it down. So the variable will let you know, you know, it'll, it, it's got a high tone and a low tone. So if you get the low tone, it's like beep, 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 and it starts getting fat. You're in some serious sink. So you got to try to get away from that. So when you're in a thermal and you're circling, you know, you try to keep in that thermal going. But as they go up, they get wider and wider. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, so it's, there's, there's more to so, it than yeah. boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But once once you catch that, I don't know if Pat or if you, if you I, guys have. I've never really experienced that. I only that. caught Not one even. off the pavement the one time with my little one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. I haven't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever have on mine. But like it's always been days when I yeah. fly that it's not really. Good thermal. Yeah, it's, not it's usually in the morning. Yeah, do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, super early. There's yeah. not right. Yeah, but once you catch that first thermal, then you're hooked. You're right? hooked. <laughs> like you're cruising around, like eh, come on, you know, and you're like, and then all of a sudden, you know, even if you don't have a vero, it's very obvious. Like your tail will kick up or your wing will come up, like out of the blue. Like oh man, I got some. And then if you start circling, you get in that thing. You literally can see that thing going up and up and i mean it looks That's like neat. it's in an elevator like an invisible elevator <laughs> and you got to be careful because if it's a boomer and that thing starts going up and it starts getting little you got to get out of that thing because funny story um everybody's probably heard it a million times but when i first got in, <laughs> first got the radian and learned about thermals you know i was brand new i didn't know nothing i'm reading books and searching the internet trying to figure out well, you know, what are these thermal things you know and uh, my other buddy Pat was with me, and we—I got him one, and it—I mean, just shot up like the tail come up, and it took off, and I was like, "This is great! This is great! We're watching it, watching, watching!" And it went up so fast and so quick that boom, it went out of sight, and we lost it, oh, gosh. instantly gone. So I'm I'm full back elevator. You full. didn't press the turn the home button. No. <laughs> I'm just pulling back and, and full, you know, like left alone trying to get it to just spiral down. I just I just held it. And it was probably, I don't know, maybe a minute, but it felt like 15 minutes. And we're just looking, looking. We knew which way the wind was going. We had big, giant cumulus clouds. And I'm like, it was just at the point where like, Pat, it's gone. We're done. It's gone. We'll forget it. You know, I was yeah. devastated. And he goes, there it is. There it is. And he's seen it just, just at the bottom. You know, he's seen like the shadow off the bottom of the cumulus cloud. And it there it was just spiraling down. And it was clear over by Bueller's. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. When we, when we seen it. Oh, and I mean, wow. it was just a speck. I could barely, I didn't even hardly know what direction it was, you know. And we got it back. And I, after that, I was just like, I'll never do that again. Wow. And even to this day, I'm like, I get into a thermal and it starts. I, I'm Getting like, okay, high, yeah. I'm good. I'm 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 coming back out because Mike Coolen's got in one here. Um, <laughs> now, whatever, what, what do you do to get out of it? Do you just dive bomb it? Um, generally, all you got to do is fly in. A, you know, if you're if you're in just in one direction, just stay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just head out a direction. Now you can spiral because sometimes depends how wide they are. Like they can get up and just go super wide. Like I don't know. I'm probably exaggerating, but you you get up high enough, it can be like quarter mile wide so you got to really watch and see you know if you're if you're going out to the outer edge of it it's still going up then yeah you better start spiraling down but generally they're not super wide you know it because we're not going up really really high so you you can just you know head a different direction and, and get out of them 
but sometimes, man, they're t- there's been times we've been in them, and it you you have a heart like you're no you're nosing down like you know you're pointing down that thing's just just climbing you can't get out of it. that's nuts yeah that's insane so fun a lot of fun now did mike ever lose one of his or almost he almost lost his yeah it was really close he got in that thing was again it was going like an elevator i'm like mike mike (laughs) he was a point where i i couldn't tell like it was just a dot i didn't know what it was you know (laughs) and i don't know how he could see that thing it was crazy yeah so but oh i just love it it's just so much fun just weird you know there's something invisible in the sky that creates lift like you can go out that's what blew me away you can go out with one battery and just like fly for two hours you know and you get to a point your neck your your neck's tired you're like okay i'm done i'm i've had my fill on my neck sore i'm tired of looking up and you know my eyes are straining and uh, you need to bring it. out those zero gravity chairs to, to fly. To well, yeah, back. Wayne has them, and <laughs> really? he has brought those out. I mean, we're full stretch. The the crazy thing is, I've, I've probably talked about it before, but, you know, you we, everybody here flies at Jackson. Here's two guys out in the middle of a field with <laughs> yeah, lawn chairs. Yeah, right. yeah, I was just thinking that. And they're yeah. looking up in the sky. They're like, people drive by, they start slowing the down like, yes. What are those guys right. doing? Guys They're doing. looking at me, waving. Hey, how's it going? Get People a little sun out dogs. here. Yeah. Runners go by there. Like, <laughs> we, it gets traffic there. <laughs> we, we, we have had the, the uh, dog walkers and stuff come by and are like, what are you doing? We're like, <laughs> yeah. you see that dot up there in the sky? <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, that's that's an RC plane. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's an RC plane up there cruising around. Like, wow. Because honestly, there's times, you know, I'll get up there and get in a big circle pattern. It's it's just right. I'll just set my transmitter down. Just let it do its thing. Wow. You know? That's the nice thing with the radiant. It has these big polydehedral wings. So it, it self-levels. You don't really have to fly that thing. Even if it's kind of windy and it things up there dancing around, you don't have to worry about it. It just self-levels and the, anybody mm-hmm. you flies it. What do you just set it to the rudder to... You, you can if you want. I mean, most of the time, I you know, I'll do S patterns or circle patterns, you know, looking for thermals. But it, you don't ever have to worry about it, like doing something goofy. Or especially what I like about the Radiant is when it is up really high. And this is one of the problems I had with flying any any type of like uh, aileron glider is you you got to really fly those things. And when you're really high, sometimes you have a problem where you're like, I'm not real sure if I'm banked a little bit or if I'm in a dive. And the next thing you know, this thing's darting off in the opposite direction you thought it was going. And it's in a dive at 100 miles an hour and the wings are ready to rip off. Uh-huh. Or with the Radiant, if, you, if you're not touching those sticks, it's, it's just going to be level. So you're way, way, way high and you're like, eh, you don't have to worry about it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... Anyway, I should probably get off my soapbox with the radiant because everybody knows we just love it. <laughs> All right. How about the PT-17, E-Flight PT-17? We can do a nice, big, comprehensive review on the PT-17. First of all, Chloe, what interested you in the PT-17? Why did you go, I got to have that airplane? Well, it was another plane that was coming out brand new. I was watching Horizon site, looking for another plane to you know challenge myself with, uh, and it had the safe select mode in it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm a buyer, so I really like the color scheme. It's different looking than everything else. Um, you know, uh, it's attractive looking. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a jet. I'm not ready for jets. And it wasn't <laughs> a Cessna. And I'm like, I'll give a biplane a try. So um, it has a lot of nice features to it, the shocks and the wheels, mm-hmm. and really comprehensively, you know, really well built, and um, and it's affordable to get into. I think it was like two hundred and thirty dollars mm-hmm. I paid for it. 
not bad at all. Yeah. And it is, I think the first thing I noticed when you pulled it out of the car it is beautiful. Yeah. Like yeah, just the, awesome. yeah, the, the details detail. yep. in the radio engine and the, you know, the way the, the, the panel lines are on the wings and the rivets and the picture doesn't do it. No, justice. no, no it, it really person. doesn't. It's, just, I, it's crisp. Yes. I totally agree. There's, None of the pictures really it doesn't do it justice to you see it um, and touch it and feel it and taste it. And, but, I mean, just the not only the scale details, but the little things like you were talking about, the landing gear on it, it has nice kind of rubbery wheels they yep. put on it. It's not some cheap foam wheels. It's got the sh- little shocks on it that actually work. Yeah, they're, they're metal. They're, they're not metal. plastic. Right, right. Um, it, it just looks so good on the ground. They did I mean, a nice job with it. Right. Um, they did a nice job with it. At first, when I was putting the battery in it, like yesterday I was talking to you, I'm like, mm. oh, man, this is really hard to get the battery yeah. in there. Well, ding dong, if I would have just read the manual one more page <laughs> over, it yeah. shows that the battery is actually on a tray. Yeah. It slides completely out. You can uh, put your battery on there, Velcro it all down with the straps that are included, and then it just easily slides right back in, and it puts it right where it needs to be for the center of gravity. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. It, it flies. The battery it takes is a twenty two hundred milliamp mm-hmm. hour, and um, I was flying it with a. With, I had. I didn't have a twenty two. It doesn't come with a battery. Mm-hmm. But I had eighteens, and then I had thirty twos. Mm. Put the eighteens in it, and um, and uh, it flew. It flew okay, but I could tell the light. bouncing was yeah. not right. And I put the thirty two in there. It flew like a dream. Oh wow! <laughs> and it stayed up about twelve minutes yeah. on that battery. Wow, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, little details on this thing. Um, PT-17 was a, a trainer flight for World War II, and the I believe is uh, U.S. Army and the Navy used it. It's a, obviously a biplane, and uh, they trained a lot of uh, pilots in there. So a little bit about the the E-Flight PT-17 uh, it does have the AS-3X with the optional Safe Select technology. Now, anybody looking uh, to get into a biplane, this is perfect because it does have the Safe Select, and you can limit the pitch and bank an- angle limits, uh, automatic self-leveling, and it's also on a switch because, as you've seen yesterday, I have I I have a hard like no and. Any of the planes that have that safe select, I I don't even turn them on. I now don't get me wrong, I love that just the AS3X. That's fantastic, but the safe select stuff it dampens I, everything. Yeah, and and I could tell like uh, as soon as I flipped that switch, you were like very comfortable. Because yeah, you, you know how to move it really well. Right, and you know when I first got it, I'm like I'm 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 bumping the ailerons and it's not doing anything. I started freaking out. I'm like wait wait, it's not. I, I didn't, you know, I knew what it was, but in my mind, like, oh, do I have control? Do I not have control? What's mm-hmm. going on? And then, yeah, as soon as you flip the switch, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I also set it up with 30 Expo oh, okay. as well as the mm-hmm. safe. So all, I, I had it in a lower mode, mode one, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, really dampened down. So once I turned the safe off and put it up in mode three for you, it was really agile then for you. Yeah. And actually was really impressed with how well it did fly with the the 3200 battery because you know a lot of times you know they recommend you like you said 2200 to 32 and i usually a lot of times go for the the littler battery to make it light and fly better and slower and everything but that thing with the 32 they had no issues whatsoever took it real well didn't really notice anything you know that it did or felt heavier did different you know yeah it flew really well, and it looks really, really dope when mm-hmm. it goes by. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So 2,200 to 3,000 milliamp battery. Um, let's see. 
Uh, 40 amp BSC, 15 size motor, 850 kV, uh, 9 gram servos, uh, like we talked about, U.S. Navy inspired replica. I think it's based off the Stearman, isn't it? Um, it's a good question. I honestly don't know, but it could be it very like possible. A yeah, a little bit. Um, how about putting it together when you pulled it out of the box? Now, Horizon's pretty good about. Their products, you know, you open up the box, you might have to put some wings together, or they're usually very simple, but how was your experience when you pulled it out of the box and got um, it together? Well, um, I'm glad I've put other planes together mm-hmm. before this one. Um, with those little um, struts that you have to put on, that was the only thing that I uh, was a little bit, you know, worried about doing. You have to, they have like a little hook on the end that's molded into the plastic. Mm-hmm. They go down into this... Um, call it or whatever and it has to snap and you have to force them down oh. in really okay. hard mm-hmm. and i thought well am i gonna damage the uh, wing doing that but it went in you just have to force it a little bit um overall everything in the box was packed really nice um was one little ding on the wing right mm-hmm. there just a tiny little one but it's manageable um that was right out of the box um and it went together pretty quick. I did it in about 45 minutes, and that was just taking my time, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Was there anything special uh, in the manual that you had to do as far as binding it to your radio, or did they have any settings that well, or anything? Well, if you want to bind it just straight up without the safe select on, you put your binding plug in, mm-hmm. and then you just normally um, bind it the normal way. You just hold the button in, and it binds it. Um, but if you want to put it in the safe select, what you do is you put your bind plug in, put your battery, you know, turn it on, get it flashing. But before you turn your transmitter on, you pull the binding plug back out. Mm-hmm. The transmitter will remain flashing. Okay. Then you, yeah, I had to step away about five feet for this one to bind <laughs> oh, up. Oh yeah, it just didn't want to bind really mm-hmm. close. So I got farther away, and I'm using a nine-channel spectrum radio, yeah. and uh, it it bound up with the safe, and then you. Um, I put it on the gear, the channel five, mm-hmm. and um, when you do that, it shows you in the manual how to do this to get that gear um, sunk with the safe uh, mode um, setting. Mm-hmm. You have to hold the sticks into the lower corners, um, you know, together like this, and it shows you in the manual. And then while you're holding that. You have to flip the switch back and forth five times. Oh, so okay. one full revolution of the switch is one, mm-hmm. and then back. That's one. You have to do that five times in a row. Then you'll see all the surface areas click really quick, and then it's now bound to that switch. So that's an important step. Um, it didn't work the first few times because <laughs> I think I was flipping the switch too uh, slow or too fast. Yeah. So you just kind of easily mm-hmm. do it, and, it, and it'll yeah. sync up. But it does work. Hmm. I had that with the timber, I think, when I did the safe select. It was. Oh, it does. Didn't okay. take the first time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did it with the Cessna, times. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Even yep. when Mike first got the timber, when we, I don't know, he had it bound and he doesn't really like fly with the safe select stuff either. So when we first bound it, I think I, I flew it first and um, I can't remember where we were at. Might have even been Flight Fest or somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> same thing. I took off and it, it was. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with this plane? Because it was limiting everything, and it was trying to self-level, and I was like, oh, my gosh. 
It's just mm. like you forget you're driving a Ferrari all the time, then you yeah. get in, you know, a, a Volkswagen Beetle, and you're like, yeah. "Why won't it go 210 miles an hour? I can't understand." You know, I don't I'm trying to do a roll. It's not going. Honestly, I don't. I, you know, I you're think hot dogging, and I think everybody when they first get in, like. You were yes. saying, Scott, that you want that jet. Oh, I yeah. want the jet. I want to go fast. And we all go through that phase. And honestly, now I can really care less to go yeah. fast. I really go. I like flying scale. Yeah, scale and even yeah. slow. Well, you've seen me fly. Yeah. Cloud. I, slower, the better for me. I would yeah. just like to tool around. I appreciate that more now, yeah. though, yeah. than I did when I first got It takes got more in. skill. I, I wanted it does, it does almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you got to yeah. be on it. Right. In case when your wings drops and then, uh-huh. but I don't think I've <laughs> I've ever talked to anybody that's got into it. You know, you fairly new. They're like, yeah, I want I want that jet or I want to go a hundred miles an hour. I, it must be just something like you got to do or try, and then okay, I've done that. Now let's move on. Still fun. no, <laughs> yeah, it's too nerve wracking. Yeah. You know, it is like you have to be on it. It's like spinning yeah. plates and like ten of them trying to keep yeah. them all going, spinning at the like same time. That fun jet behind you right there, Chloe. That's a hundred and twenty mile an hour airplane right there. Holy and I. Very, very rarely ever, ever <laughs> fly that thing because it's three minutes of bliss to where I'm sweating, shaking. Yes. And they're so touchy, too. You're like just you get like, it at that speed. Yeah. Just a little bit of movement. Yeah. That thing is off to the races. I see you coming out there with like joggers, cuffs on, and like oh. a headband, in, and you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> it literally, like, you fly for three minutes, you land, you're like, okay, I'm done for the day. I've got to yeah. go home and take a yeah. nap. I'm right. mentally exhausted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, you're like, what? Yeah, it was fun, but now I don't want to do anything the rest of the day. You know, and it sounds like a rocket ship screaming by, and it's unbelievable. And most of those type of planes, too, they're hard to take off. You know, they torque roll terrible. Like that one, when we first tried to get that thing to fly, every time Wayne would launch it and I'd hit the throttle, it would just torque roll into the ground. Just instantly, that's where the crack came in the wing, and I I almost gave up. So (laughs) I seen a a tough one to launch. I mean, regardless. Yeah. I mean, with the. And finally, I, I seen a video yeah. on YouTube online because I was watching some different uh, – because vi- some people have modified those things to go like 200 miles an hour. Because <laughs> if, you, if you feel that foam, just reach back and feel that foam. It's super, yeah, super yeah, stiff very, very and rigid. Yeah. Why don't they make all planes this without the stuff? Uh, you know, I don't, awesome. I don't really know why they don't do that. I don't know if it's a weight – because that is a really heavy plane, though. It could be a weight issue yeah. because it's so dense, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, I'm not sure. Nice. But anyway, I finally found this guy. He's like, oh, I finally figured out how to launch this thing. You just hold it off to the side. You hit the throttle wide open and let go of it. <laughs> Straight up. That's, that's really the easiest, Yeah. There you go. That's and it starts point, spinning. Point it up. Just point it up and hit the throttle, and it goes and just out of sight. That's hilarious. Just pull your hand back real yep. quick. Yeah. That's the best way to launch that that plane. Yeah, but it's again, it hangs on the wall. Ninety. Slingshot. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch that, not fly it. <laughs> Man, and the crazy thing about that is that only flies on a three cell battery. Wow, three cell like thirty three hundred, and it does one hundred twenty wow. miles an hour. Yeah, and that's one of the planes where it gets up to about 100 and you shut the throttle down. Like, you could just lap Jackson Park like three times before it starts <laughs> slowing down enough. My favorite thing with that plane is I'd get about two feet off the deck wide open at 120 and just go straight up. And the second that thing would, would point straight up, kill the throttle. And it would go out of sight with no throttle. It would just go... And just coast. so silent then, yeah, <laughs> right out of sight. And then you roll it over and back down you go. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's just 
Now, did you mod that one? No, that, that, that was straight out. That of- stock with the uh, the high performance motor, the uh, metal motor plate, completely stock. But man, that thing is it's, <laughs> it's tough to fly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, here we go off track again. Back to the PT seventeen. Uh, a few specs. Uh, it, it, it is a little heavier plane than what the older uh, Park Zone biplanes were. It's 52.2 ounces or 1,450 grams. Uh, it is a four-channel. It does have the bigger motor, 15 uh, outrunner, 1,130-millimeter mm, wingspan or 44.6 inches. Now, the, the only other thing that surprised me a little bit is I brought Dummy Me. I should have brought the Albi out, but I brought out the SE5 because I really haven't flown it in a long time, and I thought it'd be really fun just to put them both in the air and compare them. And dummy me, it's on my DX8, and I have my oh, DX9. So disappointing! I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I was wondering. Me. I saw it in your yeah. truck, and yeah, that's why I didn't fly okay. it. I got all ready, and I'm like, wait, it, it, it's not in this radio. <laughs> oh. But honestly, they're 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 pretty close to the same size. Um, the these planes have the smaller 480 motor in them, and I I think watching you fly and just that little bit I flew on it, these do fly a little bit slower and definitely top speed. That that thing, if you seem like full throttle when you were cranking around, it, it got up and went. So more power, bigger battery, but pretty close to the same size, I think. Um, so it, I'm glad. You know, Matt Andron brought one of these back because right before they discontinued this, we had this huge debate about the World War One planes, like the SE five, and they brought out the Albi, and they just boom, they disappeared and been gone for years, and we were so bummed out. I'll never get rid of the SE five. I looked for months and months to get an Albi, and finally now I have two of them because they don't even make parts anymore. So one's parts plane, one's going to mm-hmm. be for flying every now and again. <laughs> Um, so I'm so happy that they, you know, finally brought, you know, something back like this. Cause it, you don't see a lot of them out there, uh, with this, you know, f- good flying quality. Oh, the one thing I wanted to talk about, honestly, now when I fly mine, I usually go down to the, uh, baseball field and I like the SE5 cause oh, it's yeah. got the skid. I, I put the skid on it, you know, and I'm flying it off the dirt and it looks real and the, t- the dirt gets on the tires. And, oh man, I just love it. So you, you were, I was like, well, why don't we go down to the baseball field? And I knew you didn't want to go down there because you already had bad luck. Down I had there. two crashes. And you're like, day. plus a plane in the tree. I'm like, eh, I don't no, know if I want to go down there. And you're, you're like, I'll just fly it off the grass. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to fly off the grass because I know with the SE5, it it has trouble in the yeah. grass. It taking off will flip over, especially landing. As soon as it hits, it, it want to flip over, and it did that several times. And I thought, man, there. I don't know if that's going to go. And you went right out, and that thing took right off, no problem. Off, and the grass is and pretty taxied. high. Yeah, and taxied around. Taxied around. No Couldn't problem. believe it. And then I thought, okay, well, it's going to be different on landing. Nope. Came right down. It came right down. Landed. Did, didn't even look like it wanted to to nose over or anything. I did nose it over on one of the landings, one. and it was. I had got down really slow. Mm-hmm. It was better when I brought it in a little faster yeah. and landed it, you know. A little power on. A little power on. Yeah. 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 So I was shocked. You know, the tires aren't that big on it. So I don't know if it's yeah. just the combination of kind of like the rubber tires it has and a little bit of the shock absorbing. Yeah. You know, it took Those that Those tires grass. are a little different. They're like yeah. almost, they're like foam rubber, but mm-hmm. you can't tell which mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Right. They're really nice. Right. So. 
I so, did make one little modification to the plane. Yeah, we got to talk about that, which we'll, we'll get into in just a second. Um, so let's uh, let's run down. We usually do like a, a one to ten type deal, uh, you know, rate it so people get a, you know a rough idea. So typically, Horizon, you know, out of the box, they're very simple and easy to put together. You said this one was a, a little bit more because oh, the one thing I wanted to ask before we do get that. The older planes, too, I don't think they've changed a whole lot. They have the little pin system where the pins slide through, so you can take the wing off because they are pretty kind of a big, bulky wing even to get into your car. So that has the pin system, correct? You pull the pins out, Mm -hmm. the wing comes off, and you fold the the struts down. Is that correct? No, the struts just stay attached. Oh, they they stay attached to the wing? They're snapped in there. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't want to take those in and out, and I would recommend trying to leave the plane together as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have it, there's no real reason except for, you know, transportation yeah. reasons to take it apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I drive a Ford Explorer. Yeah, you but, got uh, tons of room. Got tons of room, but it could fit easily in the back seat standing up of a, of a, a car that has one. Yeah. No problem. Um, yeah, those pins, then when you put them in there, they're nice and stiff. I thought, is this going to stay? But yeah. they do. They stay yeah. locked in there. Yeah. And if you p- don't shove them in all the way, pull them out just about a, maybe an eighth of an inch that way they can fold over mm-hmm. so i was like at first i just put oh, them in yeah. all the way and they're sticking down I'm oh, like what yeah. if i grab these i'm gonna stab myself yeah but you fold them over right right so they you know it's that's a good system i like how that you know the horizons um r&d department how they you know that's a good idea very simple all right so um putting it together pulling it out of the box Getting everything together, ready to fly. What would you rate it on a one to ten scale? Uh, about an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. Just because it, you know the the struts were a little tough to get in. Struts. Yeah. Just yeah. just other than that, um, you know, I think that's something that they could have probably even put on there, done differently a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just um, they're molded, you know, right out of injection molding plastic, so uh, it helps if you clean them up with a little bit with an exacto knife to make them mm. snap in there a little mm-hmm. easier. Um, and you have to kind of twist them a little bit as they're going in. They're not perfectly, um, you know, straight mm-hmm. or parallel from each other. They have to turn a little bit to, to go in. They even tell you that in the book that you'll have to, you know, flex them a little bit to snap them in. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, pretty good. Um, everything was basically already done for you. The motor's already on, yep. the receivers, servos, that's already done for you. The clevises, you know, are already basically tuned in. You just have to adjust them a little bit, but. Yeah, I say half easily. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. All right, how about uh, fit and finish details? Oh, um, <laughs> fit and finish is definitely a ten. I mean, it's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. What do you guys think? I agree. It's up there. It's between nine and ten. Yeah, yeah. for me too. Yeah, it like really it's good. it's awesome up nine. in the air too. I mean, you can see it. The bright colors, mm-hmm. like it's it, it's it's a great. fun plane. Yeah. Now, one thing though, um, I'm going to say, you know, fit and finish and everything. We, you did find one kind of little problem with the the batter, the battery hatch. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk about that. You want to grab it up there? <laughs> oh, it probably will fall yeah. over. Oh. It's balanced good. Oh, well, we can show like I put the yeah. wood on the back. <clears throat> now, um, like a lot of planes that Horizon does uh, on their hatches, they put a piece of tape on Just there because they have a magnet man. hatch. Just pull the man out. Grab the man, just pull yeah, him just right pull out. Him. Yep. There you go. Straight up. Yep. Yep. It's magnet. There you go. Okay. 
So, and a lot of times I've seen this on numerous planes. Uh, they put the little piece of tape on there, and you pull on the the tape, and it just peels the paint right off. Yeah, yeah, we can show it on the camera right here. So you took that off. So they had a little piece of tape right here, right there, and yeah. you you know pull the piece of tape to get right. it on and off. And there's a little magnet there yep. that receives the other magnet, and it just snaps in place. And it, the little tape, um, it just as soon as you pull it the first time, it just comes right off the back because they put it on the where it's painted. That tape is totally useless. You yeah. don't even need it. The man itself is bolted underneath with balsa wood, so he acts as a good, really good handle. Mm -hmm. um, the first time I pulled it up, though, it was really weak right here in the center parts, right here, and it just folded in oh. on itself. Yeah. I don't know if I had a bad one or one that was already weak or something from the molding process, but um, what I did is on the backside, I epoxied up some plywood, um, modeler plywood, and put that across the bottom just like that, and it works perfect now. Yeah. And then you can just grab the guy, and he just he just comes right out. It's like the Timbers, uh, the UMX Timbers cut motor cover, mm -hmm. just snaps right in. It holds beautifully. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I mean, I was, oh. and and you can kind of see looking at it. I mean, there there yeah, isn't much foam. That is pretty no, weak. And every yeah, time it's a weak. It's you know, a long hat, too. And you're accessing yeah. it a lot. Right. You know, four or five times, yeah. you know, when you put change your batteries in and out. You really need, that needs to be a little bit more yeah, that's, uh, addressed there. Yeah. So that was one little problem. But that was basically it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, I I have this one problem with planes that are molded. When they put the rudder molded into the body, I hate when they do that. Mm. I like planes when they take the rudder and the elevator and they're separate so mm -hmm. you can put them in and replace them yes and so this one you know was, that was one thing that i just looked at when i bought the plane i'm like ah man they molded the rudder in there yeah so if you flip the plane over you're going to get a little ding up there a little cushion you know yep. smudge yep um so uh -huh. i've actually got a plan to kind of put a little bit of that rubber sealant over it mm -hmm. they use it to like seal um mm -hmm. gutters and so mm -hmm. forth just paintbrush some on there and then paint over it and it usually helps it a lot yeah. better. A lot of times what I've done on some of my planes and even with the rudder elevator, I've done it on the ailerons, you know, if I've ripped them off or whatever, is if they do come off or, or they start tearing, take an X-Acto knife, I'll cut them right. Well, there's actually two things you can do. One is you can take an X-Acto knife, just cut them off and then buy the CA hinges oh. and just slot it, put it in there, a little, you know, hinge and CA glue works fantastic Perfect. or if it's not a really high speed plane or doesn't do a lot of aerobatics you just take the um um oh what's the name of that tape packaging tape uh, like that. uh bl blend them tape bl oh. you know what it's kind of that stretchy oh, type yeah. tape and if you see a lot of the older planes that's what they actually use for hinges they put them on there so oh, if wow. you just take a strip of that and cut it and put it in in between the hinge it'll hold it on no problem but I, I really like the CA hinges. That works really well. So, well, what about flying? I mean, that's your first biplane, and you were kind of like, what's what's it going to be like? I'm like, it's hard to explain. It's different. It flies good, but a biplane is just different. It does. It When it makes its turns, it kind of slides around turns. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and you have to give it a little, mix in a little rudder. It doesn't have those mixes standard. Right. Like I'm used to with the Apprentice when you turn oh, the ailerons. Yeah. They factory 
you know, set up mixes for your rudder to turn the plane as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this one, as it's going around the turn, it, it was weird with those wings. Mm-hmm. It, it can really slow down quick on you. Mm-hmm. And also, as you're turning, it just kind of feels like a slide. Mm-hmm. If you're going around, you have to give that rudder so that your wing, your back of your plane will, will go. Yeah. So um, I was a little nervous taking it off for the first time, but that's, you know, oh, what yeah. I do. I just like to, you know, let's just yeah. do this. You know? Right. <laughs> I put it up, went right up, no problem, took off. Um, and, it, you know, just like um, <laughs> the doggy, uh, just like the apprentice, it, it, Horizons planes do fly very similarly. They do. Especially when you have that safe mode mm-hmm. or, or AS3X You're system. Right. It, it it was a little different, but it was very familiar, so mm-hmm. I was comfortable. And it landed when I brought it in. I just cut the throttle, gave it a little you know elevator, mm-hmm. and just it set itself right down, no yeah. problem. Yeah, it definitely flew good. Uh, now, from what I can remember, flying the Albi and the um, the SE five, it definitely, like I was saying earlier, uh, had a little bit more speed to it, could fly a little faster, but. As far as slow flight, it really looked like it would slow down just as easy as any of the other um, biplanes that you know Park Zone had out at the time. I was really impressed because, it, like I said, it is a heavier plane, has a way bigger battery because these ones are supposed to only fly on an eighteen hundred. Now I, you can stuff a twenty two hundred in it, no, no problem. But you know you had that big thirty two hundred in it or thirty three hundred. I can't remember which thirty two. And, you know, they're relatively the same size and it's a lot heavier, but it really slowed down really well. That's what was impressive. <laughs> Not a dog in here. It's trying to make a bed. <laughs> throw something at her. But, yeah, I was I was impressed with the uh, the slow speed capabilities of it, for sure. Yeah. So, flying-wise, what would you, you know, 1 to 10, what did you, what did you think? Oh, 9, nine. 10, easily. Yep. It's just super easy, super fun. Mm-hmm. A good plane for somebody that's, that's not their first plane, but maybe their second plane, you know, that they want to start and just have something different. It it just flies like a dream. Yeah. And it looks beautiful in the air, smooth, and it'll climb for you. Mm-hmm. You can go inverted. Um, it'll do aerobatics real easy. Very nice. Yeah, good good airplane. So if anybody's out there looking for a biplane or something different, I would su- definitely suggest or at least give this one a thought or a look at. Um, it's an eye catcher. Yeah, and the really cool thing I, I was thinking after looking at it yesterday, again, the, the radio engine just out of the box is so – I couldn't believe how detailed and everything. It would take very little – to put some detail on this plane, the silver, yeah, a little cap. bit of silver, you know, on uh, on the 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 radio heads, and I mean, honestly, I would take a little bit. What I like to use is um like a little bit of charcoal, and you know, you can take it on a brush and put it on, make some panel lines, and you know, it, I wish they'd come out with like a crop duster version where it is like funky looking, and it's like that smoke that's you can tell it's like some garage mechanic yeah. has worked on, and it's got a funky wheel on it. And everything that would be <laughs> awesome. You know yeah. what's funny is back in the day, even on the earlier Warbirds, uh, even some of the ones Horizon had, like the old original um, FW one ninety. Again, they were using the old beer cooler foam, is what I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. But um, they had a lot of. Um, you know, detail like that in it. It wasn't as detailed as far as rib lines and rivets and everything, but as far as what you're talking about, where you know, on the side of the uh, the cow, you know, they had looked like it was all dirty and grimy, and th- that kind of detail, I would like to see come back a little bit on any of these planes. You know, maybe a little 
little dirt, but I maybe they don't do it for the fact that not everybody likes that. I, I agree with yeah. you, Chloe. And I, you can always add it yourself. Yeah, so now yeah. They, it's very clean and, and nicely, and then if you can add it if you want. I, I'm assuming here but that that'd be one thing when we get uh one of these guys on again to talk to him about you know detailing and stuff what you know why don't they do something like that or is it you know i don't know that's a good question but yeah even this plane you know it anybody knows anything about trainer planes they're usually pretty well beat up and dirty and everything so this being a trainer you know if you weathered it out a little bit and i would i think look even better now, one thing against Horizon, I got to throw it out, and I don't know why they didn't do it, is all the other biplanes, they all put the little scarf on the guy. Oh, I know, right? Why did they not put the scarf? You said that to me <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, I'm bummed. Now, now I got to have a scarf. Now, I, this is me guessing, and I don't know, and whatever. These are actually kind of older World War One planes where the guys probably really did wear the scarf, and this being a World War II trainer, maybe they kind of got rid of the scarf at that point. I don't know. I'm guessing. Well, you maybe know, the French did that. It was a French thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> regardless, even if they didn't wear it at that time period, which could be very possible, I would definitely have a scarf on the guy because I love to see it blowing out the I'm out the bat. Put one on. Are you going to pull it? All right, good. Yeah. It so, can it be pink? I, hey, whatever color. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter to me. I just like to see the little scarf blowing in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> so. But there you have it. That's the Horizon Hobby E-Flight PT-17. Fantastic, beautiful-looking airplane. It, that, again, is one of them things where we've seen it. We talked about it. I was like, yeah, it's nice. I don't know if I'd ever buy one, but it's something to where when you see it in person, you see the detail, you see it fly, you fly it yourself, you're like, you know what? I could definitely see myself having one of those. For sure. It wouldn't be something I'd fly all the time, but just one of those occasions where you want to bring it out, have fly something different, kind of relaxing, you know. That's what I like about the, the Albi or the yeah. SE five. And what's crazy about the biplanes too is when, when you're when you are out flying them, you usually always get some kind of reaction with people like, Wow, that is such a cool airplane, you know. And because uh, you don't see a lot of them flying, and the the other thing that really gets them is when you when you land or they want to look at it or whatever, they're like, "What's it made out of?" And you say, "Foam," and they're like, "Yeah, right." Well, you know, what's it really? I go, "No, really, it's foam." It, it just blows everybody away that a foam airplane plane not only flies that good but has that kind of detail. Details. Yeah, yeah. And even in this, you can see the ribs. It yeah, like they'd have you know yeah. stringers in there. Yep. So fantastic airplane. So there you have it. The E flight. Uh, PT-17. Good airplane. What do you say? Let's see. What do you say we get Andre on, see if we can get a hold of Andre. We might try Skype first and see if he's available and see what's going up there in the uh, great white north (laughs) of the reigning. I I don't think it's in Ottawa. I can't remember. But uh, let's see if we can get him on here real quick see if he's available we'll try skype first if not we may have to give him a uh, phone call so we'll see what happens here andre let's see here do the cold call andre in the rainy great white so North. he doesn't know you're calling no i told him we would probably no, give him a call it. yeah so we'll see what happens sounds like it's oh. raining maybe Oh, it's pretty wet out here. Oh, what's going on, buddy? Let's see if I can switch this camera. Which side are you seeing right now? I guess you're seeing the live view. I don't see anything. 
You don't see anything? Let Nothing. me see what I can do about this. Uh, <laughs> camera. How's that? There we go. Uh, hey, there hey, he is. There is. What's up, buddy? Uh, How are you doing like, up there? Not too bad. I'm going to switch views here. Let's see what this goes. There we go. Nice. There's the field. So it oh rained my a gosh. lot. Wow. Like, look at the standing water. Now, I learned something really interesting. Mm -hmm. If you're participating in the Canadian Drone Nationals in this in this league, your quads are required to be waterproof. Really? Yeah, because guess what? It just happens. So, uh, so I guess you know they they do a little prep work on the quads, you know, a little corrosion X and some other material, and then rain X on your lens and stuff. So they still go through. So uh, this is actually a very technical course, and you can see they're doing a lot of. They're trying to dry off. And they not they they took down a couple things overnight for the wind and everything. Um, the one right over here, mm -hmm. this tower piece with the half wall is incredible because they come in from the far side of the field they go under they have to do a loop and then oh. out the second gate follow and follow the yellow uh cones and wow. so wow. We, we've seen that we've seen a lot of carnage here because I'm, I'm usually standing just over there watching so it's uh it's been interesting to watch and like watching some of the video feeds and everything i'm like i could see the addiction and the, uh, the desire to uh you know, do something like this. Here, I'll switch back to me. There we go. So how is this video feed? Is this actually working? Because we've it, never tried this before. It's actually working. I mean, it's a little, you know, you can tell you're on 3G, but it's working. So <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm cheap, you know, the, I'm cheap. <laughs> one of the bad thing is, Andre, I'm a little bummed. We'll have to look into it. We are live. We are on Facebook, but the Mevo camera did a big update today, but for some reason it didn't send out the notification this morning, and I don't know why, but yeah. we'll have to look into that. But we are live. So um, so what do you uh, – is this, is this your first big uh, drone racing event for you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously we've seen a couple different ones. I've seen more wing racing, like the Montreal wing racing was pretty cool, but this is, yeah, this is the first time I've been to a Canadian one mm -hmm. and, uh, it is, um, it is impressive to see. I mean, here, I'm going to go back to this course cause we don't need to be looking at my ugly bug. <laughs> Hold on here. Switch. There we go. Uh, it is, it is impressive to see obviously with any kind of event, you know, there's a lot of logistics going into, so they've mm -hmm. got all, normally they've got all the pilots down here. Uh, I think they're going to start a little bit because a little bit later this morning because I want to try and dry off as much stuff as possible. Right. Um, but it is interesting to see the logistics, you know, so they're, they're hustling people to get everybody off the track because if anything goes down, the guy's got to leave their pilot stations and walk all the way out, pick up their quads in various spots. Um, so it's, it's, it's like any massive RC event. A lot of coordination goes on to get the, the heats going. And, you know, so there's management F. PV, there's management of the frequencies and management of the track and you know uh, haven't seen too many issues it's just you know it's just like those timing things so so i know they went later in the evening but the neat thing about being at a ballpark is they have lights so i know uh -huh. last night later into the evening when they were running they'd run all their, their qualifying heats and they ran about two or three races into the evening i actually had left at that point because i was cold and tired mm -hmm. so it was a, it was a long it was a long day here but we had a lot i had a lot of fun i'm actually um working with one of the Canadian uh, suppliers, uh, a great hobby, and just hanging out, answering questions, and trying to entice people to get into flying quads and stuff. So, mm -hmm. how, is, the yeah. cor is the course tough? Did, did it, how, how did yes. It, yeah? Very technical. There's, uh, uh, I think I put the link onto the Facebook page uh, that one of the organizers put up, and it is a tight, twisty course. 
you start off, there are a couple of gates, there's a couple of flips and everything. So you, uh, here, I'm going to go back to the course. Yeah, no <laughs> way I can illustrate this. Hold on here. Let's flip this camera again. But my favorite is the one at the back. So you, you, straight, you go straight down the ballpark mm-hmm. and there's a gate in the back. You actually go up. And over, and you come, you hook back under, and then you carry carry on. So there's a Holy lot of inverted cow. flight. So it's really interesting watching a, a new pilot coming ter- to terms with the track, and then watching someone who's a seasoned pilot. Uh, the differences are just dramatic. Yeah. But it's very akin to um, it's very akin to racing. And so I was I was noticing like you know some people were really rough on their apexes, and other people were able to keep them in tight. And the desire to you know like I, I, if I was flying it, I'm looking at it going. There's no way I'd be having a level quad because I'd be, you know, hanging at 90 degrees and just having a riot. But it really does get you interested. And they even managed to fly a small little wing in this area for a demonstration. Wow. Just a little 14-inch wing, you know, nothing crazy, nothing big. Yeah. Uh, And you run out of space real quick around here. Now, question, does everybody run the same course or do they have like a beginner or export course or is it just the same for everybody? It is the same course, and talking to the organizers, basically they released the track in simulator mode a week before the event. Ah, that's yeah. So you only have a week. Now, the benefit to that is your pilots should be up to speed a little bit sooner, but of course we all know simulators are only so good. Right. Uh, and obviously experiencing the real thing, and you can see in the background the flags are moving, so there's wind and there's yeah. other conditions that, that you have to be aware of. So. Uh, and obviously nerves kick in because you know mm-hmm. you're flying with your competitors. Yeah. And you, you know, simulator you don't have battery <laughs> sag as one of the pilots was telling me. Uh huh. And then you don't have like any of the interference issues. We've actually been pretty lucky in this location. Uh, we are between two cell towers. I mean, there's one right there. Mm-hmm. I think there's another one on the other side of the highway. Uh-huh. So, uh So, but overall, the organization, the organizers are, are on top of the frequency, and uh, yeah, and it's starting to rain again. So oh. <laughs> now, question it. it if it's just sprinkling and they're supposed to have waterproof quads, are they actually flying? If it's if it's raining a little bit or or no? Yeah. Oh yeah, they oh, flew wow. yesterday. This is this. We don't we don't subscribe to the NASCAR rules here. <laughs> 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 they're gonna go. That's uh, interesting. Really, as long as your kit is, you know, and I guess they tested. There's a there's a whole setup. They um they don't really, you know, like I guess no one dunks their quad to find out how protected <laughs> it is. But I know the pilots all have to. You know the the FPV transmitters are inspected. Uh, the frequencies are all checked because you're you're only allowed to run a certain power range, and then you have to demonstrate that your failsafe works and a few other little things. So it's 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 you know the, the, there's some pretty good rule sets here. Hmm. Um. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I you know that if it, you got some light rain, that could be a huge factor because I mean just think like if we were racing you know this little vortex here and you're you're going along and then. Boom! All that rain gets on your lens, and then you're trying you rain know, X. Oh rain my X gosh. On you. Come on, man! You're an old racer. You know this. I, I would you, know, you run Rain X. You do a little shaving cream on it, or or uh, dish soap, let it dry, so it crystallizes and clears the lens, and then you put a little Rain X over it, so it just beads off the lens as you're flying along. Wow. And then, of course, you know, you know, you got to make sure. I, I guess the biggest thing you would have to make sure if your board is, you know, if your board and your ESCs have been all sprayed or protected in some yep. way, it's like your balance tab. That is your only exposed positive negative lead at that point. So you know, you mm-hmm. put a little tape or something over top of that. So yeah, how how are the pilots liking the course? I mean, obviously you said it was seemed pretty challenging, but are they getting through it or is it 
Yeah. yeah, well, the qualifiers, I didn't see. There were there were points during the qualifiers where, like, all four quads would go down, you know, and no one actually would compete to get the two laps in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very technical course. There are a lot of – there are a lot of – and what's really cool is um, a lot of times, you know, they go down and they're able to get back up. And if you, if you clip a gate, if you miss a gate, mm-hmm. you basically blown your advantage, right? So – uh, the really good pilots, which are a treat to watch through FPV, are just amazing. Just you know what they're coming through, and they're it's um, it's a lot of energy momentum and energy management. So I was watching, I was listening to the onboard camera this morning, and you could hear the on off on the power. It is consistently on and off hmm. as he's managing to go through. So it's one of those things where you just get used to the you know, your your equipment. Sorry. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Um, what happens when Obviously, you were talking. It must be they go four at a time. What happens when they all do crash like that? Do they start them over? Or? <laughs> nope. No, you basically, if you've you blown your qualifier, if you've blown your race, uh, you know, it's a, so it's not like our, our, you know, the days where you had your car racing and you had someone out in the track who could turn you back over and you could keep going mm-hmm. if you haven't damaged the quad or your car, sorry. Uh, and But there's nobody out in the track for safety reasons, right. you know, and a few, no one's clipped the wall. I've seen a couple. People come really close, and no one's gone over the other side of the wall, which is really <laughs> nice. But it is—it is a pretty nice place. But you can tell, like a lot of guys, after they run a lap, they'll do a—they'll do a burn across the field just to get that distance because it is a tight course. Uh-huh. Uh, especially, especially in the back, they're doing chicanes. You know, oh, they're, wow. they're going through and they're doing a slalom, and yeah. so you can't really unleash the beast, as you would say. But there are uh-huh. a couple of fast straightaways. But then, you know, it's—it's it's just. It, the energy management is really impressive. Like there's a wall that you're putting up right now. You see the guy walking across the field, mm-hmm. and that is you go underneath, you do a 90 degree turn or a 180 turn, and you go through the top section of the wall. So there's there's a couple of challenges. How many laps are they doing? Two. Two laps. Wow. Do you Just have a rough laps. a rough idea how long it's taking? Are they going right to the like their battery limit of you know around three minutes? I've on seen there? I've seen a couple of batteries. You know. And at this point, it's not about the three minutes. It's about you know how much energy you're bleeding through doing the the, the lap, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of full draw. There's a lot of climbing. There's a lot of elevation change. Uh, so in the sense of in the sense of racing, like uh, you know, like if you looked at the course, you go, okay, that's pretty neat from a sense of a car, and you see the apex or or anything. But then there's elevation that you add to it, like the the loop here coming in. It's really neat to see the different uh, – like a lot of pilots will come up and they'll do like a loop about 10 feet up, 20 feet up. And even then we kind of feel they're bleeding off a lot of energy because i got to come under it and still be able to manage it. Other guys will do a corkscrew kind of turn but they or come out, do a 180 or 360 and fly back through. So it's, it's kind of neat to see that. Hmm, that's interesting. So what's going – they did a bunch of qualifying yesterday. So then today I, I take it there's there you're going to go more into uh, like the finals or something? Exactly. So you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming you'll see some uh, – the qualifiers are done. We should see some round robin probably, but then you'll get your top qualifiers. So hmm. it is really neat to see the, 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 the main racers go through. There's about three or four guys, and they were telling me yesterday um, – you know, between first and second, it was like nose to tail, and the third and fourth, it was nose to tail. So wow. they're really having to rely on the timing systems to, to tell mm-hmm. you know, tell the winners. So it's uh, it's pretty neat. It's pretty exciting. I still think I like wing racing though, but this is kind of neat to see. Yeah. Now you got to forgive me because I'm I don't know a lot about this racing thing, but um, is it just one size quad, like four inch, or are they allowing four inch, five inch? How does that work? 
I'm not sure about the specs. I know one pilot I talked to said he's he's happy with the five inch frame. He just felt that it dealt with the um, uh, you know the mass transfer and everything. He felt that was his way to go. And I think I've seen a couple smaller four inch mm-hmm. frames. So I think it's all about the battery. There's probably the a there's probably a minimum weight set. I uh-huh. would have to look at the rules to be 100 percent sure. And I'm sure they're specking the batteries. Uh, mm. Everything else is basically you know what's your transmitter? Yep. Transmitter is probably capped at 100 milliwatts because it's not a huge course. Uh, and anything else from there is a go. I mean, basically they're just looking at the safety. What's really key? What's really exciting to see is the fact that. Uh, outside of one, I think we had one mechanical breakdown yesterday where someone hit the thumped the ground at the at the gate and burned out an ESC. Um, the majority of the props are, are surviving. Um, so, like the Inductrix Plus with that meow mode, they have the turtle mode now. So, I think a few pilots have been playing with that. So, if they do get stuck and they're upside down, well, they can fire up the back motors and flip the thing over. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be if that's something that they're going to allow for, for future runs. But hey, man, if you can get yourself back up and flying, <laughs> at least you have the opportunity to finish and, and get a get a position. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I have a rough idea. Like how many pilots you? Uh, I'm sure the weather probably wrecked havoc on a little bit of this. But uh, did they have a good turnout up there? Yeah, actually, yeah, they were running. They were running heats all yesterday, so you know their qualifiers would come down. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers were because I didn't see anything published yet this morning. But it was uh, it was a good turnout, and good number of pilots. Like it went all day from nine o'clock until I want to say seven or eight last night. Wow, no kidding. Of course, they're lucky. Like I said, you know, we're we're actually in a, it's a ballpark. Yeah. How about spectators? Did you get any spectators to come up and watch that? Yeah. Unfortunately, no? the weather the weather yeah. really. It's cold, and obviously today it's wet, so you're not yeah. going to get a lot of people coming out sitting in these wet seats. Oh, that's a bummer. But, you know, we were out here having a good time, and it's it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an eye-opener, really, mm-hmm. what's possible. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all grows. It was uh, We were having a lot of uh, rules and regulations chats regarding you know Transport Canada, and the group is really working hard with them to, you know, basically next year I was told that, the coverage, they'll have a blanket coverage so they can hold events. They just have to notify transport where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, this is a this is a built-up area. So, um, you know, finding venues like this that can host events is, is pretty awesome for these guys. Wow. that's uh, So your overall uh, thoughts and perspective, then it was pretty positive and, and maybe more interesting than you thought it was going to be or – Hey, if I had the time that I could go and practice and get get my skills up, I'd uh, totally do this. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd totally get into racing again. But we know what that means, right? That's yeah. just countless hours yeah. of, of test time, yes. and simulator time, and, right. and all those other things, and the equipment. You know, you got to have all your batteries ready to go. And it. Yeah. And one competitor was telling me he he takes a more realistic approach with it and he doesn't think he doesn't do things like oh he doesn't get the latest and greatest he buys used race frames and because you know other pilots who are more sponsored everything are transfer equipment so yeah he's like yeah i picked up a bunch of really nice frames for a good price i'm I'm happy and you know i think it kind of boils back to what we talked about when we were you know flying around the race quads here for quite a while was 
it's it's all in you know you might not have the best machine or the latest and greatest but it's all in what you get comfortable with and what you fly all the time like we learned that right off the bat you know you yeah we were flying yours and you know i i'd, I'd fly one then go to another one and then after 15 minutes i'd get used to it and i'd be okay you know so i i don't think you need the latest and greatest i think it's just you know practice practice what yep. you get comfortable with and and know your equipment and you know, I think you'd be just as good as anybody, really, personally. But it's it's getting used to those. Exactly. You, you get to know your equipment. You get to know your setup. And then it's just about managing your energy through the various maneuvers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, it was really my, my favorite spot to stand, honestly, this weekend had to be that loop. Because you could tell what pilots had it in their heads. You could tell what pilots had walked the course, you know. Uh, from from you know our race days, Chris. You know you you, mm-hmm. you go out, yep. you run around the course, and you figure out, and that loop, you know, you could tell who had figured out how to get through it because pilots would come up and they would do their they would do their loop and then they would come out and they'd be off angle to the gate. So oh yeah, some time you know, and the, some of these other spots, like I said, just the energy management through the corners, and it's some of those pilots where they're really able to control the the quad. And get them to slice through without losing momentum. It's that classic, you know. You see the you see the quad almost park as you change momentum. And mm-hmm. a lot of them were so, the newer pilots are learning to deal with that. Where the seasoned pilots really knew how to energy management that whole issue. Right now, the other question I had where you know these guys come to like you said, obviously they had the um, uh, the simulator or whatever, but then they get there. Uh, did, and I'm assuming they have some some practice runs and everything. Did you find you know a lot of guys after say practice or even maybe some first heats that they had to go back in and change settings on their quad or do some different PIDs to to more lock their quad into that specific course? Oh, I, I'm sure the guys are tuning. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had their laptops out. Everybody had their tablets. Uh, yep. There's David from. Uh, TBSRC. He oh. is the uh, commentator here. Oh, okay. So he's done a few. He's, uh, you know, they they produce the apex wings and the reflex wings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, but yeah, you could tell a lot of the guys were, were tuning. Uh, I watched one, and I'm not a tuner. Right. I never will be a tuner. <laughs> but I'm like, even I could tell. Ooh, that thing is that thing is gnarly. He's yeah. getting a whole lot of prop jitter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you could really listen to the difference. That's the fun part. I was really noticing. Oh, that one's locked in because you could just, or you know, or or if someone chipped a prop or something. Oh, now that one's making a pretty wicked noise around the turns. But you could really tell the difference between as you surf through the channels, and that's the fun part, I guess, about an FPV event. You bring your goggles and you start surfing through. And the majority of these guys had their names on their OSDs, so you knew who you were watching, and you could ah, really see the difference. Yeah. So as the, as the racing as the as the weekend's progressing, yeah, I'm sure they're dialing it in for the conditions of the course. You know, and it's it's I, I you know it's funny. I keep going back to the racing thing, and you look at some places, and I'm like, where do you give up and where do you gain? And it's those decisions you have to make as you're going through the course. You know? mm-hmm. Okay, I can make I can make a gain I can make a gain here in this corner, but I know I'm going to lose. I'm going to have to bleed off energy over through here to make it through this course because it's tighter. You know, it's 
really fascinating. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see, you know, uh, the the different flying, you know, like you just said, one guy or you go out and you walk the course and you you find your lines, well one guy might be taking tight insides or whatever and one guy might be trying to carry his speed and doing wider sweeps or something, you know, just like a, a normal typical race. Each guy's probably got different type of lines or di- different ways flying, but you know, depending on the course, you know, which one's faster. That that's an interesting thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely been an eye opener, man. It has wow. definitely been an eye opener. Now, of course, I think I, we had more fun this May flying our quads, like you said, at the open <laughs> locations. Right. And, you know, this this would be neat. I don't know if I could handle zooming through the gates like these guys do. I mean, it's it's pretty. I saw a couple of gnarly crashes, and I'm like, oh, he's going to hit that one and playing, and the video goes out. You're like, oh, that was a hard one. <laughs> I think that'd be the only bad thing with that kind of flying is like I know I'd be whacking stuff left and right and be like now I got to take another walk I don't tired of you know I'd have to bring my son with me like Aiden go get the quad again you know yeah and a lot of these guys will have you know two or three uh, race quads ready to go for exactly that reason ah. so your investment in your hardware is, is is there because you need three of everything oh man and then you know if if the next motor comes out do you buy you yeah know, twelve of the of the latest motors you know to supply that or do you say okay my backup quad won't be as good as my primary you know it's uh all these i guess you know like it, it's we like aspects of the hobbies and obviously these guys like their aspects of the hobbies and you it's where you make your investment right yeah so technically you know if something you really want to get into it could be mm, a little costly then yep we had a lot of questions this morning like, I'm, I'm at the great hobbies booth and we had a lot of questions about that you know could i could i start racing with this equipment and we're mm-hmm. like you know, you have to make the investment in the remote right away and the batteries and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a, your entry gear, your entry gear is a little different. So. Yeah. See, that that's where I think something like, um, you know, like you were just talking about, you get a lot of these guys that have a lot of experience or do a lot of racing or a lot of practicing or, or you know, they're really, you usually have three or four, maybe five guys that really stand out. I think it'd be interesting to have like, uh, I want to say like a stock class where maybe they have a a, a Torrent 110 class where, you know, yep. you, you can yeah. go in and program and do whatever you want, but you have to have, you know, stock camera, yep. stock spec. motor. Yeah, spec class. And yep. I think that would bring more people into it because maybe there are quite a few people that want to go try it, but are like, well, yeah. I'm intimidated. I'm not the best pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys really know what they're doing and doing where you got a spec class and, you know, everybody's got a torrent. You pull it out of the box and, you know, you might have a little chance or have more fun. I, I think something like that would, would spark a lot more interest in the in the racing part of it personally. I, I think you're going to see that over time or you're going to, you know, a manufacturer is going to jump in. It's I guess it's. Everybody has to agree on that class. You know, mm-hmm. the frame has got to be X. The motors have got to be X. The battery has got to be X. The flight controller has got to be X. And maybe the frame is the, uh, you know, the, the, the frame is the giveaway. You know, you guys can have your pat- different patterns, but your motors and your props and everything. Yeah. And obviously, the, you know, the pilots are going to find the sweet frame, and then that frame takes over. That's just the way it goes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, But a spec class would definitely, pro- I would say, yeah, the spec class yeah. would probably be, the best way to get in because you know then you, your your costs are defined yeah i think that's the biggest thing yeah you know you go spend a couple hundred bucks on a a, a stock one yep. you know like like the torn or something similar a gremlin yep. you know gremlin class or whatever 
I think that would be definitely a way to go and get more people into it. Because, you know, I've watched a lot of the racing on YouTube or watched videos of it. And, again, I'm amazed what they do and how fast. But I'm like, that's something. It would be fun to try it, but I would would never just go enter. You know, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. take my Vortex and, like, all right, let's go, you know. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, no, it ain't going to happen. But, you know, you get a bunch of guys flying Vortexes or Torrents or something that, you know, your buddies or whatever that want to try it. You know that I think that would definitely be the way to go. Biggest, the biggest issue from a spectator standpoint is mm-hmm. the size of the vehicles. The I size agree. Of the quads, they're yep. tiny. Yes. So unless you've got an FPV, now they had the monitor going mm-hmm. uh, in the back with like a four feed. It was okay. Everybody, yep. got, everybody who was in, you know, I had my my monitor. I didn't bring my goggles. I, I brought a monitor and just sat there scanning channels and, and going for rides. But the quads, some of them had lights, which was good later in the day, especially mm-hmm. with the failing light that we have here this weekend. Um, but it's the size of the vehicles if they could be bigger and you know when we talked to ruben about the racing and stuff like that he said the same thing you know the bigger wing put advertising and, and yes. people can see it yeah so, I totally but i mean agree. how how big of a quad is that and what kind of you know like if, if one goes off the track is it yes. taking the gate with it kind of thing yeah you know, so. or, or somebody with it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so well, this yeah. is it. Like they, you know, there was no seating down in the front rows. Everything, everything was up in the second rows and stuff, just for those very reasons. So right. everything's blocked off. So if mm-hmm. you're going to be a fan spectating, they were all up here. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Andre. We really, really appreciate you checking in with us, uh, giving us hey, a no little. Problem. You know, it's, I, I don't know a lot about it just from videos and stuff, but uh, you, you kind of maybe changed my perspective a little bit on it. You know, it wasn't something I don't think I was going to try or really wanted to, but I think it'd be fun. Like we talked, you know, spec class or something, and it's a hey, shame. You know what? It's a shame the weather wasn't better, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you it's are Canada, in Canada. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's Canada. I'm all, I'm all bundled up today. I've got a little extra layer on just because it was a little damp and cold yesterday. But you know what we'll do in May, Chris, is we'll build some gates wherever we go. If we go to Chad's or even uh, um, the Fury Field, we'll bring some gates with us this time, and we'll have some fun. We'll make Mike do loops. Yes, we're, and, and we're going to do the uh, Inductrix class because that's where we <laughs> – <laughs> That's the most fun is the Inductrix, you know? The spec Inductrix. Yeah. yeah. I actually had a lot of questions about the Inductrix Plus. I'm, uh, uh-huh. I've been talking to Andy about his because he picked up one just to see how what he thinks about it. Uh, apparently, the Meow Mode is, is really is, is the ticket to this oh, thing. Oh, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that's only I think my one of my main two reasons. One, it's got a way bigger battery and more flight time and two the meow mode to where, you know, you land upstairs in your bedroom upside down, you flip it back you over flip it. And you, you know, especially when you don't have kids, you don't <laughs> you don't have anybody to go flip it over for you. But but so, my issue with that quad is it's too fat. It's too wide. It won't yeah, fit my runs I, and my staircase anymore. I agree. I agree. It is a little so. bit bigger, but it'd be interesting, you know, to get one in our hands, which hopefully we'll have one here soon. And we'll give it a shot and see see if it you know compare them right back to back with the uh, you know the in- regular inductor. Cool. Yeah. So my only question to your podcast crew this weekend is: Do I want a PT seventeen? Boy, I'll tell you what, Andre. You ask anybody in here. Uh, I've told you before. Like we, we've seen it, or we talked about it. But until you actually have it in your hands and you're looking yep. at it and you see the detail on this thing and the panel lines and the rivets and the the, the motor, you know, the dummy motor is phenomenal. Yep. Uh, I was really, really impressed. Flying wise, I knew it would fly good. You know, a typical yep. biplane. Um, the speed was impressive. I didn't think it would be quite that fast. You know, if you want to just 
hammer down and go it will but it also slowed down very well and the biggest thing on the biggest thing andre that really impressed me is you know you've been to jackson you've seen how high the grass is there that thing ate up the grass like it wasn't even there it took off no problem it landed no problem it's got the shock absorbing i was really impressed with the the takeoff and landing capabilities with even the you know the smaller uh, rubber wheels I, i was really impressed with it for sure Cool. Beautiful. Good stuff. Beautiful yeah. in the air. That yellow scheme and everything. It, it sounds good, too. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds fine. Beautiful airplane. Nice. Beautiful airplane. It's just too bad they didn't do the blue and yellow, right? It, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I would like the blue and yellow a little bit more, uh, that scheme-wise. Oh. But, I mean, still, regardless, it, it looks real. And like we all talked about, it wouldn't take much to do a little bit of weathering on this thing, and it would just nice. look phenomenal. The, the yellow nice. really sold me when the I saw yellow. the yellow. Oh, yeah. 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 Something yeah. totally I different. agree. Yeah. yeah. So, and Andre we'll has a thing happens, for yellow. <laughs> I do. I do. And, and again, we talked about it. It, it. it wouldn't be something I would take out all the time, fly it all the no. time, but just every now and again where you want to go out and have a really cool, nice relaxing flight and it flies scale very very well and just cruise around and look at it and you know let everybody walking by go wow that thing is really cool looking that's the plane for sure and i honestly i honestly can't wait um uh, we get my other albatross with it's got all the stickers and everything on it and we get the albie and the se5 and get this thing out there and you get three or four of those together uh wow yeah, that's all. Regular air show. Yeah, it is going to be really cool. I'll be excited. Good for that. stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So, all right, buddy, we won't let you. Uh, we won't hold you up much longer. You probably want to walk around, warm up. We just appreciate you coming on, checking in, and um, we'll let you go. Excellent. Thanks for having me. All on, right, guys. we'll, we'll see talk you. to Have you fun. soon. Yeah. All right. Yep. Bye. 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 Andre Russo, everybody, coming from the uh, Canadian Drone Nationals. That was good. I was actually was awesome. I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but I was I was impressive. Um couple more things here I want I should have wrote them down. I'm going to forget. Um Chloe, one thing I wanted to talk about here real quick that I thought after what happened to your dad yesterday, I don't know if you've seen it. We talked about it. I actually had kind of the it's the same plane that I had that I got rid of that I wish I wouldn't have. Um but have you seen the Hobby Zone Carbon Cub S plus they come out with here just a couple weeks ago. Yes. Did you read about it or anything? The the specs, how it's got the GPS and the geo fencing and everything. Yes. Well, after yesterday, um, I, I thought that might be something that uh, your dad really could be interesting in. And I didn't know, you know, I wonder if I close that up. How much? Um, I'll pull it up here so we can see it. Here it is. Um, now, I had the original version of this plane. Uh, these guys have seen it. We've flown it tons. I, I actually got rid of it because I was going to get like a, a timber or something like that. And I, I flew it quite a bit, and then it kind of just hung on the shelf, and I didn't fly it much. And that's kind of basically my rule of thumb is where if I don't you know get out and fly it too much, there ain't no sense of hanging out. I'm going to get rid of it and move on. But the crazy thing is we went out here. Uh, was it in the spring? And we do crazy stuff, and we were going to do a uh, landing challenge. And I don't know why I brought this plane out, but there was some reason. So we had the Tundra, uh, the Timber, and I brought this plane out, thinking, eh, well, I'd give it a shot. Surprisingly, I forgot how well that plane really flew, and you guys, I think, were Mm -hmm. pretty 
amazed at actually when we were done, you know, it was it was a good we, we were shocked you wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. So it's a great flying airplane. It's not super big. It's very easy to transport. Um, let me see. I'll pull the specs up real, real quick for you. Uh, it's uh, pretty light, 37.9 ounces. Um, only comes with an 18 amp brushed ESC 480 motor, 9x6 prop, and it's 51 inches. Now, the cool thing about this airplane, it's very easy, is it's very beginner friendly, but if you know you move on or you want something a little bit better or faster it has a 480 motor the only thing you have to do is put like a 30 amp esc in it and change a prop to like a 10 by 8 i believe is what i did um because that motor will handle it they just slowed it down with a smaller esc and you know a little less power but the motor is plenty capable so after i changed out the prop and changed the esc it was a whole different airplane and again still had all the slow flight flight capabilities but if you wanted that power to, you know, big loops and rolls and, you know, have some fun with it, it would do that. Uh, has the flaps on it. Uh, it has the, um, the Vortex generators. I mean, great flying airplane. Not quite, you know, as good as the Timber in my thoughts, but for some somebody looking to get into it, again, it's one of those planes where, uh, you know, if you do a lot of flying by yourself or you're not comfortable or whatever with the geofencing and the yeah. GPS. <clears throat> that geofencing's nice. Yeah. It just turns it right back around. Yes. That, yeah. And it also has one of those modes, I'd have to read it here, but where if you get in trouble, it'll actually circle. Yep. Come back and circle. If you lose signal or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I just figured, thought maybe I'd throw that something. He I'd actually be. looked at that, you yeah. know, actually for my dad because he's he I, well he's obviously in the market for another plane. Yeah, <laughs> he actually bought a carbon Cub Cessna 150 oh, like wow. mine. Wow! But he he brought it over the other day and he's like, I need you to store this for a oh, while. Oh jeez! Uh, <laughs> so he's not ready to take that off. But yeah, we're going to the hobby store today, so they may if they have one of theirs, maybe I'll yeah see if we can pick one up. Right, and it, it, I I haven't really you know, obviously flown the plane, but I haven't. Like I think this is the second plane Horizon Hobby has with that 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 kind of features and everything, so it'd be really interesting though to see that and try it out and you know test it to see how well it really works and see with all the bells and whistles on it. You know, mine just had AS3X, didn't have all the other stuff. So, but it'd be interesting to see how that plane works with all the you know the um, Safe Plus and everything on. See what they did with it with the settings in the AS3X. To, it looks like you need a seven-channel radio too, so it's not going to be a you know. Well, this one here you can just buy the bind and fly, so it's all set up and ready to go. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? You pull it out, bind it to your radio, and you're good. Yeah, but to do the safe and the flaps, I think you need a six or seven-channel radio. Yeah, I think it's a seven. Oh, is that what? Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, two channels are for the. Yep, yep, yep. Let's uh, safe. Well, you could go with the. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the. A lot of people they, don't have a. They have a. They have a ready to fly. Let's see what radio uh, it comes with. Wonder if I can pull that up. Uh, maybe up here. What is that? The carbon cub S. Now I know that I don't know what radio. Let's see here. Mm-hmm. Ready to fly two fifty nine. Versus two nineteen, um, comes with the DXE. So it's the same one. The same, yeah, same one as the Apprentice. <clears throat> yeah, so you'd have to go up. You'd have to go up in um, radio. 
yeah to so get your flaps and your safe mm-hmm. mode switch so auto land holding pattern virtual fence panic and recovery and of course as a beginner intermediate and expert modes but great flying airplane i just thought i'd throw that out there see if uh that be something he might be interested in but all right uh let's see what size battery uh i flew mine on a 1300 oh okay uh so there's the batteries are super cheap let me see here should tell you mini apprentice takes those yeah 1300 three cell um, I think I actually even flew it on uh, some 1800s, would fit in it, no problem, just for that extra flight time. Um, of course, this is a rated fly, so it comes with everything, the transmitter, charger, optional flap. Functional flaps are an option for impressive sh- Okay, so you have to install the flaps if you wanted to get them to work. Good, Good little airplane, though. All right, last but not least here, we're creeping up here on a couple hours. I just wanted to read through a few emails, and we'll get out of here. Hopefully it's not raining yet, huh? Uh, let's see. Emails, emails. You need a mailbag sound effect. I know, I do, right? <laughs> it's mail time. I know. <laughs> I need a lot of sound effects. should work on that. How can you get a, a guy? button board here. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. Like, I got the camera stuff. Matter of fact, let's change that because Andre's gone. We'll go back to her. And this and that and this. And I need, like, four more hands. Uh, let's see. Oh, I know one thing I wanted to mention. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. For anybody uh, that doesn't know, I'll throw this out here real quick. We do have our swag available. Um, shirts, hats. What else is on there? Mugs. Jackets, sweatshirts, uh, I think coffee mugs. Anyway, whatever you want, it's available. So go to shop. La- ladies stuff? The, yes. Yes. That's Full good. line of ladies stuff, uh, shirts, sweatshirts, everything. Good. Um, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash RC After Hours. It's actually our little store. Go on there and get whatever you want. So far, everybody seems to be pretty happy. The quality is uh, yeah, really good. The shipping's pretty fast. It is a little pricey out, I will say that. And uh, but you know we're not trying to make any any money off of this. We're just trying to get you some stuff out. So this is the easiest way for us because we don't have to do anything. You just hit order and they package it and ship it. And we can we can ship anywhere in the world, international or whatever. So if any of our listeners are overseas or in Australia or wherever, no problem. If you want a, some RC swag, they'll, they'll ship it to you. And shipping's relatively cheap. Cheap. I sent some stuff over to David Vindenstoll, and I think it was only like 12 bucks to ship over to Sweden. Oh, wow. That's so that's cool. pretty good. So, uh, But uh, they sent me a code here. Let me see if I can find it. I wanted to throw this out here. Hopefully, I didn't get rid of it. Um, starting on October 17th through the 19th, they have a 15% off code at checkout. It's going to be L-E-A-F. 15 leaf 15 i'm guessing for the fall here in the states so leaf 15 you can get 15 percent off at checkout through uh october 17th through the 19th so write that down if you want any rc after hours swag all right let's find a couple emails here i got a ton of them first one is from eyes of canada goose i think we've talked to him a few times he says, hey, Chris and Andre and Lost in the Forest Forever Mike. 
I started mm-hmm. losing sleep over a problem that might have a solution. I need advice before I jump in and start working on it. As you know, we have tons of one and two cell batteries that we use on our beloved Ultra Micro Radiance Blade, Blade Nano QXs, Tiny Whoops, different Chinese quadcopters, King Kong, GT90, and so on. Most of them use different connectors for power and charging. It would be nice to have them consolidated to one or two. I don't mind having adapters of special soldered cable to charge them. I also don't mind different shapes of the batteries. I can always cut a little bit of foam here and there to fit a square peg in a round hole. Uh... Andre, I don't know if you're big recently, or I know you are big recently on small sub 250 gram models. Do you have the same feelings and ideas that I do? Thanks, Constantine. Um, I don't think they're really too bad. I mean, we have this stupid little connector that Horizon had. Oh, that reminds me about the remind me. Let okay. me write that note. Note. Um, but. You know, if you want to go to JST or you want to go to the Horizon plug or something, you know, you can buy just the the plugs themselves if you want and solder them on or change the solder on your uh, your quad or whatever. Um, I really haven't had too much problems. It, you know, it's either a XT30 or a JST or you know something like that. So they've they've gotten better with them and they're more standard. So it's just really up up to you what you want to do. And real quick. Um, Scott, you have the Torrent 110. I do. That's kind of your first real quadcopter. You dove in deep. I thought for sure you're going to go for the Nano or the Inductrix, um, but you dove. <laughs> That's right- winner. Yeah, I wanted a nice weather flying first. So you dove right in, went for the Torrent 110, yeah. and you had a little issue. Like from the factory, your little antennas for your transmitter signal were like ready to fall off. Like they were cut. Yeah. So like where it goes into the body. Um, down below the body, it's the thicker gauge wire um, cover, mm-hmm. and but up top, it's it's a little thinner, you know, so you get better signal. Mm-hmm. But I think on mine, when they did the manufacturing process or whatever, I think they cut that a little bit too close to the wire, so the wire was always like really kind of brittle on me, and eventually, just by you know. And putting it in the uh, in my storage box, or bringing it out, or just trying it out, or crashing, or crashing. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, if you so if you crash it, um, it, that's the weak point right there. And both of mine um, snapped off. So I decided, well, let's see if I can fly it around without those. <laughs> like, yeah, because there's still some wire in there, just not the yes. And, and yeah, that doesn't work so. And well. we found out what happened yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so you got out you probably about a hundred yards. You got out pretty far, nothing. and then nothing, no yeah. control. It's Video a, came in perfect. Yeah, guys, so I could see the the nice nice fall fall and crash I had. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, when I got home, I was checking around to see what it would take to get antennas or like how's that even going to work and um. Yeah, you can just order replacement antennas, and they snap off. And I, I saw a video, you know, I watched YouTube, people take them off, put it back on. So, And I read a little bit more, too. They said um, that's a common weak point there, and a lot, what a lot of people do is is take the uh, shrink wrap and just, you know, yeah. cover over that weak, you know, Yeah, connection. right where it comes through the camera. Yeah, you may lose just a, ton, a little bit of signal, yeah. but, but not... Yeah, so I covered it almost up to the top. I just have just the tip showing, but um, yeah, you just unscrew it. You can pull out the old antennas. There's no soldering whatsoever, and um, feed those things through. You know, snap it back in. It t- takes a little while because it's you're tiny. talking tiny. Yeah, 
So like once you get it in there, then it, it's good. And yeah, I flew it around last night and seems to be working great. Like oh, that's I didn't lose signal at all. It was a little bit too windy um, flying last night. Mm-hmm. At least um, when I was up, it I mean it tamed down a little bit. But um, yeah, seems to work great. So. And that's great because when you you first had that issue, and honestly, I've never even had the cover off of mine. And the first thing I'm thinking is like the rest of the mini quads is they're soldered right onto the board. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's, what, yeah. that's not good. You either gonna have to try to get an antenna or solder it or buy or a get board. a new board, right? Yeah, and then yeah. When there's you, different layers, and there's yeah. like three layers and three different boards. Oh and, my gosh! But, and uh, I was shocked to see that they actually had the replaceable antenna. So that yeah, that's, that's a big really plus. cool. Yeah, big so plus. when you buy it, you you get a. You get four all together, so you have an, a spare spare too. set. Wow, spare that's set great. if that ever happens again. But. We have a doodle on the loose in the studio that's uh, visiting everybody here. <laughs> he just decided to open the door and come in, making his rounds. But all right, we're almost done here. Let's uh, we'll read one more. There's a crash story here that was pretty good. I thought it was kind of funny, and this is from Matt Allen, and it's called "The Late Night Experiment Gone Awry." Now he was doing a little building, and he kind of uh, made his own little foam airplane. And let me see. Let me read it here. Um, okay, here we go. I went out a couple nights later with a 5x3 prop and, yes, a 500 milliamp battery. Now, this is just a small little, kind of looks like a tiny trainer, uh, foam airplane. He said, I had some other projects and things to solder on my connection with this model, so I didn't finish it till really late, about 11.30 p.m. I went into my front yard and figured I'd fly at the cul-de-sac in some front yards. The LED from the receiver lit the wings, didn't light the wings, but it lit the fuselage, so it was very visible. I gave it a shove and started flying a bit. It was more responsive than I expected, and and especially with those thin ailerons. It kind of flew floaty and scale, which was nice, but it stalled often. I could tell it wasn't rolling equally while throwing it back towards my house. All of a sudden, it stopped responding to a roll to the right, and that rudder alone wasn't cutting the mustard. So it continued to fly toward the backyard and the trees beyond. Either that or I had it landed on my garage roof. I let it go and it started veering towards my neighbor's six-foot fence. I figured I could try to take a long loop around the neighbor's house, but it would be out of sight, and I ha- I haven't put any FPV on it yet. So I'd be flying blind behind the neighbor's house. I panicked a bit, and I tried to uh, climb and roll left to bring it back over the fence. Meanwhile, his dogs were barking, trying to get someone to see what the heck uh, uh, was flying over the fence. True to form, the craft didn't bank at all, climbed straight up, stalled, landing dead center in the back of the neighbor's yard with his dogs, which were friendly, but I rarely talked to. And it was at 11.30 plus p.m. on a Thursday night. (laughs) The control arms for the ailerons were loose and ineffective. They are hard to work with at that scale and internal congestion. I fixed them soon and had a blast, I'm sure. But now I had to figure out how I would get this airplane back before the battery depletes and maybe catches on fire. Here I am, standing at my neighbor's fence at 11.40 at night, seeing the little tiger moth in its perfectly manicured spotlight with the dogs barking away at me. I thought, maybe I could just jump the fence, get it, throw it over the fence, and come back. Then I thought how that might scare the whole family. Then maybe I could go around, unlock his gate if I can. Do I ring the doorbell? Do I knock? 
Maybe just leave it until morning. No, it might catch on fire. The dogs are going to eat it. So now my first conversation in years will be at least I need to wake them up. Hey, can you mind if I get my toy airplane from your yard, which would be really embarrassing, but not as much as uh, your shock dog or a backyard fire. The lights were on and people were moving around inside, thankfully. I decided not to hop the fence and get shot. After the sheepish knock, my neighbor answered with a big grin once he realized it was me. He listened, heard my explanation with a big grin, and his son went and got the plane. His son had a few questions about FT, so maybe they'll check it out. Thanks, uh, Matthew Allen. (laughs) That's a pretty good story. All right, everyone. I think that's it for this podcast. We're going over two hours. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I apologize for the live feed. We are live. Um, the Mevo camera, I don't know, did a big update today. We are Everything seems to be working, but it didn't send out the live feed. I don't know why. I got to check into that. I, I think, quick thing, real, I, I don't know what it is. Every time we advertise anything or we say we're going to have a guest or whatever, <laughs> something goes wrong and it doesn't work or something happens to the guest or they have technical issues. So Andre have a, and I have a little thing that like we don't advertise anything no more. Who's coming on, <laughs> what we're going to talk about or anything. Because every time we do, something happens. So everything's been going fantastic. Fingers crossed. I haven't had no issues, no problems. Everything's been working great. So what did I do late last night? I advertised, hey, join us live. We're going to do a PT-17 review. Come in, answer some questions. We'll take whatever you want. And what happens? Uh, we have an issue. <laughs> we'll blame the so bush I, mule. I apologize. Yeah, we'll blame the bush mule. <laughs> so I, I apologize. I, I don't know what the deal is. I'll work on it. Um, Maybe later today. I do have a baseball game later today if it don't rain. Hopefully, it kind of rains. I'm wishing so I can work on some stuff. Check out some footage of what we got last night because I haven't seen any. Um, but anything else you guys wanted to add? Hope you had fun coming in, hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Thanks to rcexplorer.se uh, for helping us out, keeping the podcast going. Thanks to all our Patreon customers. Thank you so much. You are the ones actually keeping this going. Someday I hope we can get some outside sponsors and you won't have to give me money anymore. I feel terrible sometimes taking your money, but we really appreciate it because you're keeping us going. Um, so if you want to help us out, though, go check out patreon.com slash rcafterhours if you want to help us out and keep us going. Thanks to Chloe because she's been keeping our reviews going. I mean, mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and I hear you have like 24 more boxes in your basement. <laughs> yeah, there's about 16 planes oh, in the box. Wow. So, so we'll have uh, hopefully some more reviews uh, oh, coming yeah. in. But thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, we'll be back, who knows, maybe next week, maybe two weeks. Depends how the weather is here. Starting to chill off here in Ohio and whatever. So we'll talk to you soon. See you guys Take later. Bye. Bye.